Welcome everybody back to a brand new episode of Kaiju Conversation. I'm Elijah, your host, and joining me is Michael Monsterverse Fanboy Hamilton. Hello, real kaiju lovers! How was that? You know, I think that was pretty good. Um, you think you... that was you think that was better than the other guy? Yeah, yeah. Have you okay. ever thought about uh, starting your own podcast called uh, the Monster Island Film Vault? By any chance? No, because uh, that's a one. That's a terrible name. I wouldn't call my podcast mm. that. I mean, it's a, yeah. it's a horrible name. It's a horrible name. Man. I might call it something like the Monster Island Film Directory. Which is probably which is a much better title for a podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really gives you that, uh, like you know what you're saying. Filmbot's kind of like I'm an amateur, just kind of mm -hmm. spouting out a bunch of random stuff. Yeah, I mean it's it, it is. It's just it basically if you use the word film vault, it's it's like you're being too pretentious. It's like you want people to think you're you want people to think that you know what you're doing, but you really don't. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> you know, every time I record an episode with you or Nathan or Travis, I get a text once it goes live. And I want you to know I'm going to get sent a few death threats. <laughs> I doubt you'll get death, death threats, man. Maybe from... Uh, maybe you might get a few like hateful emails from from Jimmy from Nasada or Timmy from Nasada. I think it's Jimmy from Nasada. Um, but I thought it was Billy. Billy? No, I don't think it's Billy. Unless he has another fictional cousin that uh, uh, he rants and raves about. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. That's enough dicking around, uh, Elijah. Thank you so much for. Uh, Having me on your show, uh, and I'm extremely grateful by, from the fact that I'm going to be on an episode that's arguably the most important episode that you have ever done. Um, okay, okay, yeah, we'll we'll let you think that more yeah. important, more important than Kong Thirty Three, more important yeah. than your interview with Travis. It's the most important episode that you're going to do, probably in your entire podcasting career. Yeah, I you know, I think this will really put my podcasting skills to the test because mm -hmm. I, I really need to learn how to be okay with somebody telling me I'm wrong every five seconds. Yes. Yeah, you, you yeah. will definitely need to get used to that one. Um, at least for this episode. So uh yeah, Elijah. So how you been, buddy? Do we wanna just uh we wanna do some formal chit chat here or do we wanna jump straight into what we were actually here to talk about? You know, I think since, you know, you've been begging and begging and pleading. I so wouldn't. Much. No, 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 no. I wouldn't say begging. I'm just a little bit surprised that you decided to have Travis on first instead of me, since I'm supposed to be your best friend. Uh, well, I, you know, I got to give Travis some love, you know. I mean, OK, that's fine. We can feel sorry for Travis. I mean, we can appreciate Travis. Yeah. But, you know, I, I feel like, you know, since you've, you've been needing to come on here for so long, maybe just some general discourse might, might uh, 
let people in to know who Michael Hamilton is and okay. why it's taken him a few months to be on the show. Well, I like to say you've saved the best for last. Um, I am the last of the of your three uh, favorite podcasters uh, that are that is yet to be on your show. Um, so thank you, first of all. Uh, so I am Michael. I am the host of the uh, the Kaiju Weekly podcast, and basically, what we do is we are a film appreciation podcast, and we focus a little bit more on the entertainment and less on the enlightenment because. Really, who needs the who needs enlightenment? Really, it's just giant monster. It's just silly giant monster movies. People, who needs enlightenment? Um, <laughs> and um, so, I also run another podcast uh, just by myself. It's an interview podcast that will be back eventually, but due to some just some life circumstances, me moving and just uh, work my work schedule. I've not been able to record as much as I wanted to. Uh, so I took a few months off and I plan on coming back with a pretty interesting topic. I think it's necessary. It may, uh, get some people's uh, blood boiling a little bit, but that is the nature of the internet. Anyway, uh, I'm also one of the co-producers of a, uh, nifty little magazine called Kaiju Ramen started by uh, my co-host of Kaiju Weekly, Travis. Uh, and what it is, is we we are a magazine for fans, by fans of this beautiful genre known as Kaiju and Tokusatsu. Um, and we publish quarterly. Uh, we just published a, we just published our first uh, issue a couple months ago, uh, which is available uh, at our website at kaijuramanmagazine.com for download. We are now sold out completely of our physical copies. Uh, and then we have issue number two, which will be a very appropriate issue uh, given the discussion we're going to have today. Uh, that'll be released, I want to say, last week in April is when issue number two comes out. And we're working with a ton of uh, fantastic writers and artists uh, to help put that one together. It's really just going to be a labor of love and real and, uh, congratulations again, or congratulations, Elijah, you are actually going to be featured in the magazine. Yeah. I I've been, I've been talking to people. I know a lot of them, like I, I, this is such a good, you know, I've been really talking it up and now I'm happy you told me or told everybody when it comes out. Now I, now I know when it is so I can just stop saying It'll come eventually, so yeah, it's the um, last week of April. Uh, I don't, I can't. I'm a horrible, I'm a horrible magazine publisher because I don't know the exact date of when we're dropping the magazine, but I know it's the last week of April. Now I gotta ask: Is there gonna be physical copy? Mm, possibly, but that is a that is an announcement that we will make later on. We've got to get some. A few things in order before we announce whether or not we're going to have physical copies available but it will That's be true. it definitely will be digital and i'll probably read it all the first day it comes out and uh of send you all of my um you know criticisms on people's reviews for movies um, well, I tell you what you you can you can send all of that mail to uh monster island film vault at gmail.com just send all those comments there, and um, I'm sure one of us will get to it eventually. 
Awesome. I love that. You know, I think a good complaint department is always good. Um, yes. Send all um, of your complaints there, Elijah. Gotcha. And see, you know, Michael, if, if you have an issue during this episode, um, kind of funny because my complaint department also is the same email. Ah, um, okay. So, so if you're upset with any of the, uh, any of the, you know, discussions or just poor management of this podcast, just send it there, um, <laughs> and uh, we'll 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 get to it in a few months. Okay, I promise. All right. That sounds that sounds fair. Um, but I don't think we're gonna have problems today. Well, may we might not have problems today. I don't know yet. Put a maybe on that. In maybe we're gonna let's put an asterisk by <laughs> maybe maybe we'll have problems. We'll see. But uh, yeah, and it's a really good, cool, going back to the magazine thing, it's a really cool magazine. I love issue one. Um, great, great issue. Uh, a lot of good stuff in it. Well, thank you, sir. I mean, it was a, it was definitely a labor of love. Uh, we put a lot of work into issue one. Uh, we're putting more, even more work into issue two. Um uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm super proud of what we've done, what we've been able to do so far. And again, if anyone wants to check out the project, you can do so by going over to kaijuramanmagazine.com. Uh, you'll have all that information. We'll even have information about the, uh, two podcasts that Travis and I run Kaiju weekly podcast that is, comes out every Wednesday and my podcast, the Kaiju groupie podcast. Nice. And all of this, of course, even though I should be saying this at the end of the uh, episode, but who cares? Um, all of this can be found in the description below, so check it out. Okay, well, we've, we've spent about 10 minutes here just talking about um, how awesome you are, Michael. Um, so I think we should go ahead and get into the main topic on how you're wrong about movies so are we are we dispensing with the pleasantries now we're just getting into the the uh the the discourse of this episode is that what you're trying to tell me yeah it'll probably end up being a very uh animalistic nasty fight you know uh running running into things and uh, do do i need am i gonna have to go feral goji on you uh to prove my point uh, you're more like a Kong. Let's let's be real here. Oh no, sir! <laughs> no, sir! It is I. It is I that'll have my foot on your chest by the end of the by the end of the episode. Oh, I should probably say that now. Spoilers. Uh, we're not. Ah, yes. There. We're. We don't. It's been when this episode comes out. It'll be like almost two weeks. Spoilers mm -hmm. are going to be discussed. Um. We, you know, uh, if you if you didn't want spoilers, don't listen because we're just going to tear this apart or uh, butter it with some sweet, sweet icing. Um, in one of our cases, unless uh, unless you live in Brazil or Japan or some other Asian country uh, that I don't know about. Um, Everyone, the rest of the world has seen this movie, and so I think it's fair to talk about it. Yes, I agree. And uh, this will actually be so I don't know if anybody cares listening, but I've actually not said a single thing about this movie publicly. Um, oh, I'll really? Have a, yeah, so this episode will be my first in depth 
discussion about the film since I saw it. Okay. Um, and then uh, on my YouTube channel, I am doing a 10-minute, like, in just, like, overall non-spoilery kind of initial thoughts. Um, so this will, you and I are going to be discussing it for the first time in detail. Okay. So lots to live up to, uh, here. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm up to the challenge. Uh, we've already, I think Travis and I just published our episode on Godzilla versus Kong, uh, last Wednesday. And we hopefully, hopefully this, hopefully this conversation doesn't go nearly as long as mine and Travis's did because that episode's about, about two hours and 45 minutes. Oh no. (laughs) Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, it, uh, we might have to cut short some of the debates, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> Depends um, on how much editing you want to do. Uh, that's true, that's true. Um, I will say this, I haven't listened to it yet, because I, I don't want, I wanted to find out your thoughts here and now, so we could okay. um, fight to the death. Death. Okay, so you you're hearing my thoughts, my actual legitimate thoughts for the first time. Okay, yes. Uh, as 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 Mr. Sarazal would say, let them fight. Oh boy, this is where we need to cue like some wrestling music. Ding ding. <laughs> All right. So before we get into our review, I think we should establish how many times we've seen the film and how we have seen it. At the time of this recording, I have seen it six times. All right. Three in the theater and three on HBO Max. Oh, come on. I know, Elijah. I'm not as... I'm not, I don't have the intestinal fortitude to go to the theater nine times as you. Well, I've only... So my eight times tomorrow as of this recording, I've seen it seven times in theaters... Um, I don't think I'll be eating much popcorn, uh, tomorrow. My, uh, my stomach's kind of popcorned out, uh, for the time being. Just sneak some, just, just sneak some snacks in from your house or something, Elijah. It's See, fine. last time I did that was with Aquaman, and mm-hmm. I almost died while eating nerds. <laughs> oh, the poetic, oh, the irony. You almost died eating, a nerd almost died eating nerds. While watching a nerdy movie. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Uh, my face is pretty red. I think it got stuck in my throat. And I was packing up a lung while we're watching Aquaman <laughs> opening night. Were you hopping up an aqua lung? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and needless to say, since then, I've never snuck any candy into the theater ever. Well, the last time I went, the third time I went to the theater and watched it, uh, I did sneak a few snacks in because I'm like you. There's only so much popcorn that I want to eat. Um, (laughs) uh, So I did sneak in some some Tostitos pizza rolls into the theater um, for my viewing pleasure. And uh, cause it was just me on that. Like the third time when I watched it for the third time in the theater, it was just me. Um, first time I watched it was on opening night uh, here in the U S I watched it in IMAX with uh, Travis 
and Alex and Eric from the Monsters vs. Men podcast and JR from uh, Drift Space. And I had a ton of popcorn then and a, a, a soda as big as my head. Um, so I was holding a lot of liquid in by the time the movie was over. Um, second time, popcorn and a pretzel with a friend of mine. And then the third time I was popcorned out. And so I just took in some Tostitos pizza rolls and a uh, a Sprite. Okay, I I need to ask, because during all that, this was lingering in my mind. How did you smuggle in Tostitos pizza rolls? Like, were, did you did you have like a small microwave with you, or no? I I made them. No, I made them before I left. Um, and the theater is the theater I went to the third time is not very far from my apartment. So I made them before I left, and I put them in a small Tupperware bowl. And thankfully, it was a little bit chilly that evening, so I put a jacket on, and I smuggled them in my jacket. Okay, because that that was like the big question I was having during all that. I was like, wait, how? So yes, uh, okay, in a Tupperware bowl. Very, very interesting. Great, great uh, bit of information right there. Um, personally, I saw it opening night in. Uh, it, it's a theater that. Typically does ScreenX, but it wasn't filmed in ScreenX, so it was just a very large screen. Um, Friday, or no, uh, Thursday, I saw it in IMAX. Um, each time I saw it, I did have popcorn, so I'm wondering why I'm not having like a relapse with the popcorn just coming out of every corner of my existence, but uh, I'm happy it hasn't happened yet. Right. Um, Friday, I saw it in the afternoon in 4D, and then that night I saw it in Dolby. Saturday, I saw it in 3D. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see it Sunday. That was like my day off of seeing the movie. Um, Monday, I saw it uh, in a regular theater in the afternoon, and then in the uh, giant screen again uh, that night. And then I ordered tickets to see it in a regular screen um, for this coming Sunday, which is tomorrow, as of recording this um, tomorrow evening. So I've spent too much on tickets. Way um, too much. Yeah, and then I have two more showings I plan on purchasing. Because I figure might as well just end it at 10. You know, 10's a nice round number. Ends with mm-hmm. a zero. You know. Some would say that eight is a good round number, uh, too, because that's how many times I saw King of the Monsters in theaters. Are you just saying that so I don't beat your record? Um, maybe, maybe. Mm. But you're this gonna beat is... my. But you're gonna beat my record anyway because you're already scheduled for tomorrow. So, congratulations, you win. Ah. Uh. Hey, thanks for admitting that right now before we get into it. You know, I I appreciate it. Not only did you beat me on the times that you have watched this movie, um, but you still are winning against Nathan. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, Nathan's taking the big L. 
Uh huh. He out is out of all of this. Nathan's taking the big L because he is a big L. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Nathan. Uh, but no, it's um, yeah. Congrat. Yeah. Okay. That's a that's a lot of that's a lot of viewing experiences. Have you went with uh, um, have you went with friends, family, or just by yourself? I've only went by myself once, so I'm not that big of a loser yet. Not saying it. What I'm referring to is when you see it multiple times and nobody wants to see it with you. Right. Um, so uh, I've only seen it alone once. Um, friends and family have gone the other times. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like like my 10th showing, I'm going to probably end up having to go by myself. So I'll probably see it by myself one more time. Okay. Well, that seems like an appropriate way to end it. Just you and whatever snacks that you get in the theater and um, just basking in the glory that is Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah, the end credits are really nice. You know, it was nice to see those go up. You know, it told me the movie was over. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know what your I know what your rating is so far of this movie. So you can't pretend too hard. Oh yeah, that's right. My my name isn't Ben, and I don't hate anything that Legendary puts out. So I mean, you know, Ben is a good guy, but you know he's allowed to be wrong every now and then too. That's true. That is true. Shin Godzilla's pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, Shin Godzilla is a little bit overrated. I agree. And I don't say that to be tongue-in-cheek. I actually believe that. I, I, I agree 100%. It's it's not a work of art by any means, but it's decent. It, it doesn't deserve to be put up on the pedestal that people put it on, but that's just my opinion. So, unfortunately, we're not here to talk about how Shin Godzilla is overrated, though I would love to. Um, that might be a good idea in the future. Maybe that's um, a discussion you need to have one-on-one with Ben. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that maybe, maybe with some uh, some police gear, you know, maybe a riot shield. <laughs> and then you can go, and then you can cap the episode off with Ultraman Nexus sucks. Um, <laughs> and I, I'm sorry, I, I, I cannot say that with, uh, with definite, uh, with, with, with definity because I have actually never seen Ultraman Nexus. So likewise, though I it can't. looks good. It looks. I mean, yeah, it looks good. I know, uh, I know our friend Nathan is a big fan of Ultraman Nexus, but hey, we're not here to talk about Ultraman Nexus yeah. or or Shin. I feel like I'm just enabling you from avoiding the actual reason why we're here. I'm happy we are. Um, but anyway, yeah. So we're here to talk Gojira Taikongu, um, which is Godzilla versus Kong. I'm probably mispronouncing that, but whatever it's go it's it's godzilla versus kong ah gotcha um i i like to call it shad versus virgin myself mm, um, that's right that's right because godzilla is the chad in this movie yeah mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of uh energy coming from him that's giving me chad vibes throughout it right right virgin kong 
Though I do got to say the music is pretty virgin throughout all of it. You know, see, that's that's one thing that I thought that I would have a huge problem with that I don't actually have as big a problem with it uh, as I thought. And let me let me explain when the when we when we first got the two tracks uh, from Junkie XL uh, uh, a couple of weeks before the entire soundtrack came out, the Pensacola track, which was Godzilla's theme and the Kong's and Skull Island, which was obviously Kong's theme. I um, didn't know what to think of it, honestly, because they're obviously the the Godzilla theme specifically is obviously inspired by Ifukube, but it's arranged a lot differently uh, than if than Ifukube. Um, whereas the Kong theme, I really actually had to give the in those when those two initial tracks came out, I had to give the edge to the Kong theme simply because I feel like that one was more substantive. I think that the Kong theme kind of took us on more of a journey. You could definitely feel more of the emotion behind uh, the Skull Island track, whereas the Godzilla theme, Pensacola, was just big and bombastic and just aggressive. Lots of lots of horn and lots of drum beats, uh, as we could expect, as we as we expect from from a god from a proper Godzilla theme. So when the um, when the soundtrack finally when the soundtrack finally dropped, I listened to it. I listened through it maybe uh, maybe two or three times, like just once around the house and just kind of in my ear, like my my earphones or whatever, and just driving in the car. I was listening through it, just trying to kind of make out what was possibly going on in the movie when certain tracks came on like you and like I did with King of the Monsters where and I think honestly to compare the soundtrack for Godzilla versus Kong to King of the Monsters is a little bit unfair because with King of the Monsters we got all those Ifukube tracks we got like the the, the proper Godzilla theme and we got the Rodan theme and that sounded uh, a lot like 56's oh excuse me uh, it sounded a lot like um, Akira. If ooh God, I'm getting I'm a little gassy today. Sorry guys, um, too much. I'm drinking carb. I'm drinking the carbonated water instead of just regular water. I probably should switch to regular water. Um, anyway, um, so we got the Ghidorah theme, the Redan theme, the Mothra theme. The Mothra theme was beautiful. They were all very much inspired by what our past Toho themes and. Um, you know, you fast forward to uh, GBK and it was just like another action movie score. And it, it and the score on its own is not necessarily not necessarily like like a re-listenable score. Like there's not like it doesn't give you the same feelings as the, the the bear mccreary score from king of the monsters did i guess probably because there's none of that uh toho that proper toho music to pick out uh in the soundtrack whereas there was so much of it in king of the monsters and this is something i was talking about with uh with our friend danny demana at the godzilla novelization project and he said that you know the what bear mccreary did 
was sort of a once in a lifetime deal. It was a, it was lightning in a bottle. It was something we will probably never get again in a big budget Hollywood Godzilla movie. Unless it's by Toho, you know, as much as I like the music, the music itself works in the context of the movie, but it's not my favorite soundtrack. So I will say it's not that is it's not perfect. It's not perfect by no means, but it works. The music hits when it hits. Uh, The music works when it works, but the tracks on their own, ah, you know, it just sounds like another big budget. God, it just sounds like another big budget action movie score. Yeah. And I do agree with you there. The, the soundtrack, cause I, I didn't listen to it until the movie came out. You know, I'd heard from G man on Twitter, like it's bootleg if the Kube, but, and all that I was like, you know, I'll give it a shot. I'll wait to hear it in the context of the film. Because that's how it's supposed to sound. Mm. And honestly, outside of the clear Ifukube inspired but not Ifukube Godzilla theme, mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you another bit from the original soundtrack that I remembered and thought was good. I no, I, I couldn't. <clears throat> yeah, I think those are that was the I think the Godzilla theme for for GBK was the most uh, discernible mm-hmm. part of that soundtrack. Like anytime you hear it throughout these, anytime you hear it throughout the soundtrack, you know that Godzilla is on screen. Right. Um, but other than that, you know, it was like I said, it was it was nothing. It was nothing like super fantastic. I don't think I've listened to the score since I watched the movie for the first time, just because I don't feel the need to. Whereas with King of the Monsters, you know, I was listening, I still listen to some tracks from King of the Monsters just because I think it's, it's good. It's a good soundtrack. Um, But in the context of the film, like we've said, they work. Uh, Probably my favorite one, the Tasman, the Tasman, uh, not the Tasman Sea. I think Mm -hmm. it's what the track is called. Uh, The Tasman Sea. Um, is a really good track, and I think um, the 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 track that that coincides with the Hong Kong battle is also a pretty good track. But those are the only two big standouts from the actual soundtrack itself. I think. Actually, uh, I retract that statement. The opening song for whenever they whenever the title sequence, I think that's pretty good. I like mm. the dun 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 dun, dun and then like the the title comes up i love that however that's nowhere to be found on the soundtrack no it's not and there's also trailer music uh from i think this i think it was the chinese trailer that was supposedly the quote-unquote mechagonzilla theme uh that was not anywhere to be found in the film or in um or on the soundtrack. So that just leads me to believe that it was just filler music for tra- It was just trailer music is all it was. Mm-hmm. Which kind of my, my biggest thing is there's good music in GVK, mm-hmm. but it's the music not done by junkie XL or, Oh yeah. Cause <laughs> I, I, I like the, uh, you know, the Elvis song. I enjoyed that. Um, 
I do like me some synth. So whenever uh, the synth was playing when Millie Bobby Brown and Julian Dennison were driving to uh, Pensacola, Florida, mm-hmm. um, the synth, I, I that was like my favorite thing. I was like, oh, I love that. I've never heard that before. And then I was told it's not Junkie XL, and I immediately was like, then what? What did he do in this movie that was good? Yeah, well, I mean, I, he did a good job, though. I think he did. I think he did a good job with the score. It's just not a score that stands on its own outside of the context of the movie. If that makes sense, do you know, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Because like, and I'm with. I listen to Bear McCreary stuff. Um, I have a playlist on Spotify that's called a uh, pretentious film buff needs this playlist. And <laughs> of course like, you do. Four four tracks in that is Bear McCreary's Godzilla stuff. Um, he and I think Matt from the Monstrosities said this the best. Bear McCreary learned from some of the best American film composers. Mm-hmm. McCreary knew what he was doing. McCreary does a great job with everything he's on. Mm-hmm. Junkie Excel hasn't done anything that stands out. Like when when you hear his stuff, it's uh, my my first comparison because I I kind of agree. You know, McCreary, he's he's a whole nother level than Junkie Excel. So I took a look at another composer who did a Godzilla film, and that was Keith Emerson for Godzilla: Final Wars. Okay, you know he he did a lot of synth. Excel did synth. Both are American composers. Both didn't use the Godzilla theme and kind of they did a bootleg themselves. You know, mm-hmm. Emerson has the dun 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 um, during Final Wars. But My- Emerson was able to do a more... You know, you said it was loud and bombastic, but it's all the same tone to me like it, it's mm-hmm. very when i listen to it solo it's like okay when when does the track change because it's all the same sound it's all like ambient like background noise that nobody really cares about and that's kind of what i got from it until mega the godzilla theme and kong's theme mm-hmm. and yeah so, i i think i i would have to agree because you know, although I like some of Junkie XL stuff, I think his Mad Max, I think the score for Mad Max and uh, his the scoring he did for Deadpool are pretty good, but they're not. I like to judge a score based on whether or not it works on the con- works in the context of the film, and if it is re-listenable out of the context of the film. Like if I'm driving in the car, do I want, cause I'm a big film nerd too. So I listen to the score to like Jurassic park and the Terminator mm-hmm. and independence day, those scores. I, I love those scores. I think they're great. Um, and junkie XL, the junkie XL's GVK score is not unfortunately one that I'm going to reach for on my playlist. And really I can appreciate it like I said, in the context of the movie, but uh, outside of the God, uh, outside of the clearly discernible Godzilla theme within the score, there's nothing that really kind of uh, does it for me. Right. 
Now, let me ask you this question because I think this is a, and I, I, you kind of, I kind of alluded to this in a uh, reply I sent to one of your tweets. Um, what's your thoughts on a Godzilla movie when they don't include the Ifukube track that is Godzilla's theme? Do you think it detracts from it? Because personally, I think a Godzilla film almost needs that da 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 to be Godzilla's voice. I don't I don't necessarily think it detracts. We've had we've had Godzilla movies without the Ifakube's music attached to them that are still decent movies. Um I can just I can agree with you that it it adds something to the character when we have that if we when we have the or if we have the dun dun shoot now I can't remember how the main theme goes dun 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 you know the the more villainous Godzilla theme it it adds to the character but I don't think it. I don't think it necessarily takes anything away from the character if it's not included. So let me ask you this, because you brought this up: if a Jurassic Park movie did not have the da 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 that, yeah, would it be a? Would it feel like a Jurassic Park movie? Uh, yes and no. It's the same principle. It's, it's, it, yes and no. It's still obviously a Jurassic Park movie. Uh, the only thing that theme is doing is adding to, but it's not taking anything away if it's not there. If that makes sense. You follow? You tracking yeah. with me? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so would you say it feels incomplete, but doesn't feel lacking? It feels okay. Yeah, that's probably a good way to that. That's probably a, a good way to put it. it. It would feel incomplete, but nothing, but not really lacking as far as as long as long as there is good music attached to that character. Because if I'm not mistaken, even what is it? Hedera does not even ha- doesn't have the Godzilla. There's a custom Godzilla theme in Hedera. Am I am I correct on that? Yeah. So rates again, uh, sea monster, all monsters attack Hedera. Guy, no guy game does. Um, Megalon, Mechagodzilla 74, 84, Biollante, uh, Megagirus, GMK, the Kiryu Saga, um, 2014, and the anime trilogy in Space mm-hmm. Godzilla are the ones right. that don't have it. And those are all, well, no, I won't say all, but for the most part, they're most of them are really good films. And so I don't think it takes anything away from the film or the character, but it does feel a little bit incomplete. But in a lot of those movies, though, um, you have a good supporting cast that you don't necessarily notice it too much, if that makes sense. And, like, I I will say this, Sato's score for his Godzilla films works. Mm -hmm. Um, It it fits the tone. Oh, Son of Godzilla also doesn't have it. Right. Um, And then uh, I, I think it was Sato, and I know you like it, the 74 music. Yes. Because um, the, I, I love the 74 music. I think that not only is 74 the best Mechagodzilla movie, yeah. um, but uh, it does have some music that definitely does slap because I love the classic Mechagodzilla theme. And I think it's because that's 
it's loud, it's flamboyant, it's not afraid to be who it is. And mm-hmm. so when you hear it, it's like, oh, that's that's Mechagodzilla's theme in seventy four, or mm-hmm. the Son of Godzilla theme. The I, I can't uh, sit comment right now, but uh, you know which one I'm talking about, right? I know what you. I think I know which one you're talking about. It's the da 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 da. Yeah. Da, mm-hmm. da, 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 da. Or is that the Minya theme? There's there's. That's oh no 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 no, no 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 no! The Godzilla theme for Son of Godzilla is, is the one that's dun 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 dun. It's that one. the The more lighthearted theme is for Minya, is for Manila. Whenever they're whenever he's on screen or she, I don't. We don't know what Manila is at this point. But like the Manila score, like it's it's repetitive enough, it's loud enough, it stands out enough that it's when you hear it, you know. That's Manila's theme. Mm-hmm. Um, Godzilla's Revenge, it opens up with that saxophone. Like, you, you know that's Godzilla's Revenge because of that sound. Mm-hmm. With And you said this at the beginning. GVK, it's like, okay, what what is this from? You know, it's, it's all very generic. Mm. Yeah, I, yeah. Like I said, I, I stand by what I said. The last outside of the the clearly discernible Godzilla theme, there's not much else that does not just simply sound like a big budget action movie score. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you this, because I, I personally don't care for it too much. But what? Where would you rank Godzilla's theme in GVK? Oh wow! Uh, where would I rank it? Oh man! Um, like middle, upper, lower. It's 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 if a kube enough to I rank it. I would have to rank it a little bit higher, but I'm not gonna rank it nearly as high as say what Bear McCreary did or even what we got from. Um, uh, some of the some of the classic Toho films, mm-hmm. uh, like the Final Wars, like the Godzilla theme in Final Wars. If I'm remembering, if I'm remembering that one correctly, I, I do like that one slightly more. Um, even the Godzilla theme, or even the Godzilla music that gets used in uh, GMK, not GVK, GMK. Uh, I like it slightly more than what we get with GVK. Um, so. I mean, it's God's, like I said, it's, it's Ifakube enough. It's Godzilla enough where I know where I know who, what character that is attached to. So it's middle of the road for me, honestly, if to answer your, to get a clearer answer to your question, it's about middle ways. It's about middle of the road. It's not the worst. It's not the best. That's fair. So we, we've been really talking about Godzilla's theme, um, but we've not been talking about Godzilla himself. So let's kind of aim this discussion now to the special effects and the visual effects in the film. Okay. Um, so since I kind of started with the last one, Michael, what, what did you think of the effects in this film? I think they look great. Um, the only gripe, and it's not really even a gripe, um, this was a, a fellow, po- a fellow podcaster. You, you would probably know him if I said his name right now, uh, did point out that the lack of mocap 
felt like it didn't give these creatures as much weight as maybe they had in King of the Monsters and even 2014 and then uh, Kong Skull Island. So that hurt it a little bit. But overall, I was honestly impressed with how good the characters looked, how good the CGI was. There was no rain. There was no clouds. There was really no smoke or debris um, uh, obstructing my view of these characters. Um, everything was well lit. In fact, before I went the, the day before I left town to go watch GVK, I watched Pacific Rim because I wanted to I wanted to judge the Hong Kong stuff Hong Kong stuff based on what was in Pacific Rim because the stuff in Pacific Rim looks fantastic. And I will venture to say that the the the, the scenes and the CGI in uh, Godzilla versus Kong is slightly better than what we got with Pacific Rim. <clears throat> yeah, and I I could agree with that. Um the CGI is really good. I really love the CGI in the Hollow Earth. Um oh, I think yeah. that Oh yeah. That's what stood out to me the most. It was um, a little I will say it's a the Hollow Earth and we can probably get into this when we when we talk about like characters and overall story. But the Hollow Earth stuff looked great um but seemed a little excessive that's fair but uh i agree with the uh, other statement you said about the weight um when i watched the film immediately when godzilla was on screen in that first shot i was like there's no motion capture he's moving too fluidly it looks like somebody animated him in a computer um the the fine details of like his skills moving the way they are um when he roared how like he was turning his head i was like that's too natural to not be just straight up cgi mm-hmm. um in the final fight you know they're they're jumping around they're running um godzilla's twinkle toes when he's uh charging at mecha godzilla and i was just like oh god this they they took what was so awesome in the other two films because Godzilla runs in King of the Monsters and it looks fine because it's motion captured. While in this one, it's like it, he's 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 running around like a Ninja Turtle almost. I wouldn't say a Ninja Turtle. He's a lot more animalistic in this movie. Uh, and one of the things that stood out to me was that first little glimpse we got of, uh, of, cro- of, uh, I want to say crocodile Goji when he's searching for Kong, when he's, when he's down on all fours, Kong is perched on oh. top of, when he's perched on top of a building mm-hmm. and, and Godzilla mm-hmm. is stalking Kong, uh, like a alligator. And then, you know, that is, I think that's during round three, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fight ends with Godzilla hitting Kong. I think the way the fight ends is Godzilla uh, bites Kong, dislocates Kong's shoulder, throws Kong into a building. Kong struggles to get up and and Godzilla just moves with with such veracity and and, and speed that he just overwhelms Kong with just claw with mauling him to death and biting and scratching and eventually just, you know, overwhelms Kong to the point where Kong can't get up. Mm -hmm. 
But before that, he runs into a building like a Looney Tunes character. <laughs> now, I thought that was kind of funny. I, I, I will admit, That's I thought that problem. was funny. That's the that... problem. It's hilarious. How is that a problem? How is that a problem? Because in the MonsterVerse, Godzilla doesn't run his face into a building and just pops it out like a loony. Yeah, creature. but come, but come on, you have to admit, like the, at the speed at which those two, at the speed at which those two monsters are moving, and at, at the aggressiveness from Godzilla, it would actually kind of make sense that he would get over, that he would get a little bit overzealous and run into something because he's just so. He's just so furious at Kong at this point. He hates Kong's guts at this point. So he's just biting and scratching and clawing at every moment he can. And, you know, he's not going to, he's not going to, of course he's going to get over, he's going to get overzealous and run into something. But I didn't have a problem with it. It was sort of a, a, a cheeky little moment. Yeah, but I don't think it's something to be upset about. Well, okay, here's the issue. In that scene, it would uh -huh. work if when Godzilla hit the building, it wasn't like a rock, and he just ripped his head out. Like, that, those buildings are way too sturdy for those monsters. There's no way those buildings would be standing up as Godzilla's mauling Kong's uh, shoulder into the building or running in, in face first and then just popping his head out. There's no way those buildings would hold up to that. I'll give you that. I'll give you that little bit, though, because I, I will give you that because they did make those buildings a lot more sturdy than what they probably needed to be or what they would be in real life. Let's mm -hmm. just say that like the like the scene where um, I feel like it's this whether well, it happens twice, actually. Uh, the first time I noticed it was when Kong drives the axe into the thigh of Godzilla and Godzilla just takes the axe out of his thigh and just pitches it and it just lands and it just go and it goes so perfectly into a building at the at the momentum and the speed that that axe had it would have either cut through the building realistically or it would have just toppled the building mm -hmm. um i don't think amer i don't think architecture would have stood up to something like that so i will say that i will say that and when uh godzilla grabs kong by the arm and tosses him Basic. I think that's the moment when Kong gets his shoulder broken or shoulder dislocated, mm -hmm. uh, because I think you can hear an audible like crunch yeah. of his shoulder dislocating. the The building that Kong runs into uh, doesn't budge. Which, eh, yeah, yeah. That's if you want to be if you want to nitpick over stuff like that. Sure, you we can nitpick over stuff like that. But I'm not going to because I think that. Uh, you know, at the point of this, at the point of this, at the moment in this film, our reality, the reality that we are having to, to suspend is already on such a high level that sure. Like the buildings don't instantly crumble as soon as Godzilla runs his face into one. Okay, fine, whatever it works in the context of the movie. Um, so I didn't have a huge problem with it. And it fills in the context of the universe pre-established three films prior. <laughs> <laughs> all right i'll give you that one 
round one goes to me, I think. No, no, <laughs> sir. I think we're still a little bit of a stalemate. I, I think it's a little bit too early to declare a winner. And if we're going to be declaring a winner, it's, I need to, I need to get out a piece of paper and keep score. <laughs> maybe, maybe somebody. Oh, I got it. Okay, so we'll de- we'll continue debating, and then we'll have the people listening at us on Twitter, and they tell us who won. Well, you know you're inviting you know you know by saying that you're inviting like 20 uh 20 tweets from nathan just nathan yeah. himself yeah well, okay I, i'm down i'm down so it's good to get some pings on my twitter <laughs> <laughs> okay now i will say this during the final fight i love the fact the buildings do look and act like miniatures mm-hmm um, when watching it the fourth time, I was looking at the buildings and I was like, oh my god, they, the, the way the ground is set up, how the buildings are laid, it's like, this looks like a miniature set. Mm-hmm. And I love because that Because there, there's a ton of space in between the buildings. Mm-hmm. Is that what it, you mean? That and I, I think it's also the camera, that it's angled just right where it doesn't it's always angled down on them, it seems like, mm-hmm. which really gives them that smaller feel, which is mm-hmm. not a bad thing. Right. I, I love it. I love that aspect. I love the fact that it feels like a miniature set. And the CGI is so good, the buildings look like they're really on screen. Mm-hmm. So I will give it that. The buildings, while don't work like they should, look great. Well, let me play devil's advocate just for a second here. Maybe, maybe that we can just kind of chalk this up to the fantastic uh, architecture and engineering skills of of the people in Hong Kong, that they can go back to their boss on Monday morning and say, hey, our designs withstood a kaiju fight, so we did our job. That is until a sinkhole takes all of Hong Kong and throws into the hollow earth. Wait, hang on. Are we talking about? Are we? Are we switching? Are we pivoting now to Godzilla burrowing into the hollow Earth with his atomic breath? Um, not entirely yet. I just wanted to throw that out there that those buildings are. There's just no way it. They, there's no way they can stand up to a eventual uh, sinkhole that just takes all of Hong Kong and goes oh, well, down into the depths of the Earth. Ah, gotcha. Okay, now I, I see where you're. I'm tracking with you now. I just just said, like just like Godzilla stalked and tracked Kong. Even though that is horrible, that is when Godzilla got on all fours. That's when I was like, okay, this is this is too far. Why now? Why do you think it was too far though? Godzilla crawling on all fours just looks wrong. It still matches the character though, Not because. Really. It, it matches the character within this. It matches his character arc within this movie because in this movie he is just so fueled by animalistic hate for Kong that he's doing whatever it took to to stop to find him and beat him. So it honestly, it's not. It would it would not be without out of the realm of possibility uh, for Godzilla to uh to stalk kong like an animal whereas i know you're like in king of the monsters you know godzilla never did that and he was up on he was up on both legs the whole time but 
that was because Ghidorah was so massive that he had to try to stand taller or he had to be on like on on two feet the whole time. He didn't necessarily have to do that with Kong, especially in that uh, final fight where he, you know, Kong is obviously hurt and he's on the ground. And so just to uh, have a little bit more momentum on Kong, of course it makes sense for Godzilla to get on all fours like a crocodile and just go at him. Like he's about ready to rip his head off, but eventually he doesn't, which uh, I'm kind of glad that he didn't honestly. Now, okay, here here's my rebuttal to that. Godzilla, sure. while, sure, he moves animalistic, why does he still, throughout the film, especially in the final fight, show a lot of emotion? You know, he gives an evil grin while Kong's running. Um, he ends up sparing Kong, um, and you can see in his eyes, like, he's thinking, so are we just going to claim that as inconsistency? no i'm gonna i'm gonna put that i'm gonna chalk that up to just the 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 aggressiveness in the moment where if you're talking about that scene where um godzilla's showing a little i think it was uh the the scene you're referencing is when godzilla shoots kong in the back with his atomic breath right Mm -hmm. and then you see that little smirk like the you can you can kind of hear the audible megatron yes whenever um whenever kong falls because you do see a little bit of a smirk no matter how many people have told me try to tell me that it's not there there is obviously a little smile that comes across his face when he knows that he's got him um and i think that can't what is that round that was that was in round two uh in hong it was right it was like moments before the uh the axe that Mm -hmm. knocked them both back Mm -hmm. uh which I will say uh, a shockwave that would have that knocked those two kaiju back from each other a considerable distance that didn't level a few buildings in the process. Yeah, I mean, okay, I'll give you that one too. Um, but it's not completely out of the character for this Godzilla. I don't. I don't think. Um. One thing I think it was the G Force podcast pointed out that this version of Godzilla's atomic breath is too easily disrupted. Like it's it's easy to just dis- disrupt his atomic breath, and it kind of reminds you of of Showa Godzilla when Showa Godzilla's atomic breath was a little bit uh, easier to disrupt too than maybe even say the Heisei Godzilla where. Um, you know, he would just keep shooting his breath regardless of whether he was being shot with something else or not. I will agree there. It like during round one when he's about to hit Kong and he gets hit and it's like, oh nope, never mind, no atomic breath. That was like, oh, come on. I, I do agree. His his atomic breath was too easily stopped. Mm-hmm. Now, I feel like have we have we hit a stalemate with this? I think we're I think this round is a tie. Yeah. I think we can both agree on these next uh this next small little bit here. Designs, sure. Godzilla Kong, pretty good. War pretty bats, good. Nice. I, yep, yep. The Warbats uh or the Nizaki, I think is it the, the, the Nizuki or Nizaki? Yeah. Uh are the proper name for the Warbats. Um Godzilla uh, Godzilla looks great. Obviously, we'll start with him and Kong. Godzilla looks great. Uh, I actually like legendary Godzilla. Me too. Uh, I think legendary Godzilla has a better design than Shin. Uh, I agree. 
He definitely has a better design than anime Godzilla. Mm-hmm. You know, I would rank this probably number two as far as overall designs go. Uh, n- number one for me is still 1968 because I have a lot of nostalgia for that design, but uh, I like Legendary's design. It, it fits the character. It looks like Godzilla. Uh, Kong looks fantastic. I liked Kong in Skull Island, but I like old uh, Burly Kong a little bit more because I think you know he's a little bit more barrel chested, a little bit similar to what we got in 1962 mm-hmm. and what we've gotten throughout the Kong franchise. I think this Kong reminds me a lot of I think it's 76. I think the the suit from 76 um there's a lot of those characteristics in this le- in this in the Kong from Godzilla versus Kong then uh you know I think it's very similar to 76 Kong uh the warbats like like we said look great I wish we would have got more of them but it was just enough to make them say oh well that's cool mm-hmm. uh, I like the way they moved um I like the fact that they could coil around their their prey and try to smother it with their, with their wings slash hood. Mm-hmm. Um, in just another case of Kong needing assistance to defeat an enemy. <laughs> and uh, what is it? The Hellhawks just look like turkeys from hell. Basically. Yeah. Now, Doug, Doug, I like Doug. I wish we would have gotten more Doug. Doug yeah. is Doug is a good boy. Mm-hmm. And then the I thought the crabs were pretty cool. Yeah, they're pretty cool. I, I like those. And then well, there has to be another. Oh well, the skull crawler. Uh, that poor, poor skull. That poor, poor <laughs> skull crawler. Um, that got filleted within the first thirty seconds of it being released. And I know this is a controversial take, but I kind of the more I see it. I kind of like this version of Mechagodzilla. Oh, come on. <laughs> this is this is down there with Mechagodzilla 2 and anime <laughs> Mechagodzilla. No. Okay. Okay. If I'm if I'm going to Okay, I'll do it right now. I'll I will do it right now, Elijah. Ranking my Mechagodzillas. Here we go. 74 always number 1. Okay. Uh okay. 74 is always number one. Um, Kiryu is number two. Specifically, uh, the heavily armed Kiryu from SOS. Mm-hmm. Uh, legendary Mechagodzilla. Oh, God. And then Heisei Mechagodzilla. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the anime Mechagodzilla dead last. What about uh, 75 uh, and uh, Ready Player One? Uh, 75, I put 75 on same, I put 75 on and 74 basically together. There's not a whole lot of design changes there except for, um, bulk. 70, 75's a, 75's less bulky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 75 looks a little bit more aggressive, mm-hmm. but, uh, but they're, but they're very, very similar designs. So 74, 75 is always going to be number one for me. Uh, and then Ready Player One, you know, I'm gonna have to. I'll put Ready Player One above the Heisei Mechagodzilla because I just don't like chunky Mechagodzilla. Mm-hmm. Well, allow me to tell you why you're wrong. 
Okay, go for it. And then I'll tell you, and I will rebuttal and say why I think you're an idiot for saying what you just are about to say. So go ahead. Godzilla versus Kong Mechagodzilla is the worst Mechagodzilla since 93, or since the anime. Okay. Even though there's only been one other, so that, that claim's kind of stupid. But it looks too much like a Michael Bay Transformer. His arms look stupid, especially face-on. His arms are way too bulky, and he looks like he's some weird broad-shoulder robo guy. He he looks like a he's the, fat he's the term- Robocop. He's the Terminator. He's a fat Terminator. He's what happens when the Terminator gets diabetes. That's no. No. He no, is no, a no, no, very no, no, fat, no. very fat. No, no. Legendary. No. Legendary Mechagodzilla is not fat. He's he's he's, fat. he's 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 skin and bone. Well, not even skin and bones. He's just bones. He's very skeletal. But his arms are humongous. Have you seen the fan art of what he would look like under a Godzilla skin? Uh, no, I have not. And okay. that sounds ter- That sounds slightly terrifying. It's horrifying. He he's very fat. Uh, sure, maybe the the legs and the the tail and the body, but those arms are way too bulky. It looks awful. You have to, but you have to admit though that that the the arms being so big and so bulky as they are do work in context of the film because we get that one scene. Um, well, we get it actually, we get it twice really. Uh, but the one that stands out the most to me is when uh, when Mechagodzilla punches Godzilla in the face with the Superman punch, and the way it's angled looks exactly like the cover to uh, Godzilla X Mechagodzilla from 2002. That's stretching it. It does not look like that. that. Is not a stretch. No, that's a stretch. That is not a stretch. That is not a stretch. The way Godzilla is posed and the way and the way Mechagodzilla is coming around getting ready to use the atomic fist is what I call it because I guess he's channeling the hollow earth energy into his fists uh, to hit Godzilla. Which is stupid. No, it's not stupid. It's How is that stupid? stupid? How it is that stupid? stupid? It looks How stupid. How is that stupid? It no, it does not. Yes, no, it, it does. does not. No, if you can explain, give me a, give me a, a, a coherent argument as to why it looks stupid. Okay. Why do you need Mechagodzilla to grab his, have his big meaty claws and just turn blue and punch things and it makes a weird pulsating? It, it's, it looks like Superman punching people with a weird power-up. It doesn't look like what Mechagodzilla would do. It's very weird. But this is clearly, work. but this is clearly, clearly Mechagodzilla. You're if you're trying to tell me that this is this doesn't even look like Mechagodzilla. It looks you're like it <clears throat> looks like Mechagodzilla, but it looks like what happens when people don't know how to design a very cool Mechagodzilla. No, it looks like when people uh, <clears throat> want to design a functional Mechagodzilla, unlike the the Heisei Mechagodzilla. So, okay, you the Heisei Mechagodzilla does look bad. But that's not my point. (laughs) 
this Mechagodzilla is 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 functional. It is it is functional and it is battle ready. It, it's it, not battle ready. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. This Mechagodzilla is clearly battle ready. Like no. as much as it pains me to admit it, he kicked Godzilla's ass for about a, for a good five minutes. Yeah, in the and film. you know what the director said? He said Godzilla could have taken Mechagodzilla if it wasn't for the fact that he was tired after fighting Kong. I don't necessarily believe that. He says if you look because in the this because because this, this Mechagodzilla is pretty op. If you look in the movie when they do the callback to what they've done with every Mechagodzilla, the, Godzilla, the, 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 the atomic the breath, breath duel, um, his beam is a lot skinnier than it, how it was during the Hong Kong fight. And Wingard said that had it not been for the fact Godzilla depleted his energy, he could have taken that beam and he would have beat Mechagodzilla with it. I mean, the world will never know, but I'm just saying the way stupid, the way, the way that this Mechagodzilla moves, how agile it is. Now I will, I will concede that it clearly doesn't have as much artillery as past Mechagodzillas have had. It has what the, the red heat ray beam, the Superman uh, punch, Superman. No, it has a Superman punch, the atomic punch. And it has the shoulder missiles and the thigh missiles, and that's oh, pretty and the much tail. and the tail. Oh, and the and the drill tail. Yeah, that's right. Which I thought was a really clever design that they because if you look at the drill tail, the way it's hooked at the end looks exactly like it was modeled after uh, seventy four and seventy five. I took it as it, it reminded me of the Mecha King Ghidorah's tail. Mm, yeah, I can see that. So, I mean, which, if you think about it, if you really want, if you want to go there, we are seeing a Mecha King Ghidorah. No. We're seeing it through a continuity destruction error. How is this a continuity destruction error? No, I think you're... To quote Bernie, to quote Bernie, there's another Ghidorah head in Mechagodzilla, but there's only one. How did they get a second head? Okay, let's see. Uh, well, okay. At the okay, at the end of King of the Monsters, there was a clear. There was a there was a mecha. There was a King Ghidorah head left over. It was mm-hmm. Kevin, the one that Godzilla bit off that they recovered from the ocean. So they, so it's it's not out of the realm of possibility that uh, that um, uh, Charles Dance, um, Alan Jonah. Sold Apex the skull from Mech from from King Ghidorah, and it's not. And it's also not out of the realm of possibility that there was uh, another skull recovered oh, from the from on. the Boston battle. There was because- no skull because left and right got burned off, and Godzilla obliterated the middle head. There is no second skull. There is a second skull. No, there's there has not. To, yes, there, there is. There yeah, has to be. A you want to know? You want to know how there is? It's called how? Wingard doesn't care about continuity. No, I think you're being. I think you're reaching a little bit. I think I you're think reaching. You're reaching. You're no, reaching. I think. I think you're reaching a little bit because I do not believe all four, all three of those heads we, were vaporized. We see two of the heads get vaporized while Godzilla does his weird Mothra explosion thingy. 
And okay. then we see him obliterate the middle head, which is the last remaining head that we were that is in the movie. He eats the head and then blows it up. There's no second head. There is a second head. There's not. There is a second head because I don't think that that skull was completely obliterated at the end of the King of the Monsters. It was. No, it was I don't eating think so. his head. I don't think so. I don't was... think so, Elijah. I don't think so. I think that that I think the skull survived. How we literally see it be blown up into smithereens. And I don't think. So. Hang on, we're we're gonna we're gonna look at this now because we're not. <laughs> no, we're not. You can edit this out because we're just gonna. Or we can go in. <laughs> we can go in. We can go in real time. Because okay. okay, we'll do it in real time. I'll look it up on YouTube. I'll watch the scene, and you can watch it. It's clear his head is obliterated. Mm -hmm. Okay, here we go. We're gonna cue it up here. Okay, King Ghidorah. I'm at the scene now. King Ghidorah's landing. Here comes here here comes Burning Godzilla. Which I was so disappointed that they spoiled this for us in the trailers, but whatever. Mm -hmm. Here's the atomic. Here comes the atomic. Well, here's the roar. And then, while well, we have a beautiful score, I might add. Oh, okay. All right. Here comes the first atomic pulse. And boom. Now, okay. So the All wings right, get one. There goes two and three stays. Okay, now here comes uh, here comes the rubble scene. Okay, there's the there's the remaining head. King Ghidorah is clearly still alive, technically. Mm -hmm. Madison and Mark are looking on with my God, what is going on? Okay, we don't see that skull being obliterated. We do, though. His no. head is it's lit up with blue, and we no. see the mouth no. open as no. it just gets obliterated into no. smithereens. No. no, I think you're. I think you're reaching. You're I, I reaching. Think you're re you're I think you're reaching. reaching. I think you're reaching. And 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 let me and let me just say this. Let me just say this. In Godzilla vs. Kong, we only see the top of the skull, so it's actually not out of the realm of possibility that the bottom jaw of King Ghidorah is in Mechagodzilla. But and, that it, is, and that is what they're using to communicate back and forth. But Bernie specifically says that there's two heads. Two heads. One, two. Well, there's... Well, he's not technically wrong, though. The bottom school can't telepathically link it to the other it's side. It's still a part. It's still a part of the same biology. It's completely possible. It's not possible. It is possible. No. It is possible, and you just don't want to concede because you've lost your argument. No, because there's no brain in the bottom jaw. If you have a brain in your bottom jaw, well, there's no jaw, brain in the there's no brain clearly in the top jaw either. It's because it's, it's a, a man-made brain. Because the the they use the DNA in the brain of Ghidorah, and to why cyber... couldn't they have used, why couldn't they have used the same DNA from the bottom jaw? Because the brain from the top was used to connect it to the other part. But it's the same DNA, though it's the same but bone. 
it's the brain is missing. The brain is. <laughs> it is that I did not see that skull get vaporized at the end of King of the Monsters. Then I'm why sorry. is their skin flying away from the neck area, not the skull from the head? No, sir. I think you're just what well, you don't want to concede. You're being stubborn now. No, you're the one being stubborn. No, it is no. There is clearly two parts of that. There's clearly two heads. There is clearly two parts, at least two parts of the same head, if not two heads left for them to make Mechagodzilla with. Then why didn't Bernie said they're using the head of Ghidorah? Because Bernie doesn't know everything. Then why have him say anything? Why establish it? Because out of because of poor script writing. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so it was it was bad dialogue, but it's yes. it's not out of the it's not out of the realm of possibility All that of there the, are two heads remaining. It is. It is. No, it's not. It's okay. one hundred. We're gonna move, we're gonna have to move on to whatever whatever's next. I um uh, I like this Mechagodzilla, and if Elijah doesn't stop being a baby, I'm just gonna say <laughs> it's better than all versions of Mechagodzilla. Period. Ready Player One was better, and it was done Ready by the Player, same guy. No, Ready Player One was a simp. What? Ready Player One Mechagodzilla was a simp. No. Oh, come on. No. That that was a very neutered version of Mechagodzilla. Okay, but it still looks better. No, it does not. It does. No, it, it does. doesn't. No, it doesn't. No, no, it does not. I like this Mechagodzilla because it looks like Terminator Godzilla. Or it looks like Terminator. It actually, it legitimately looks alien, honestly. I think oh. that this Mechagodzilla looks alien. More How? alien than alien. It just does. It looks more, uh, it's like steampunkish alien technology. It looks like something that was drummed up. Um, it looks like it belongs in the Prometheus movie. It looks like what happens when you get a transformer that Grimlock who makes love to a Terminator. Well, that's still, it looks very alien. If that's oh. what, if that's the, if that's, if this is the baby between Grimlock and a Transformer, then you would come out with Mechagodzilla, which doesn't look half bad. It looks subpar at best. No, come on, Elijah. You have to, you have to admit that this, that this Mechagodzilla works. If we're talking about strictly just this movie and in the context of this movie, this Mechagodzilla works. It works as if, it's okay at best, like most of this movie. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, all right, let's move. All right, let's move on because we're getting we're getting a little bit too deep in the weeds with just Mechagodzilla. Who knew that? Who who knew, audio listener, that Elijah would get so butthurt over me saying this guy this Mechagodzilla looks good. It's because Mechagodzilla is the best villain in the Godzilla franchise. That's okay. Now that's debatable because no. I I will I will argue that it's a dead it's dead close between between Mechagodzilla and King Ghidorah. Okay, yeah, but Ghidorah's still number two, just barely though. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as arch rivals goes. Ghidorah has to be number one. 
but Ghidorah's lost to Godzilla not once, but not twice, but three times. Every time Godzilla fights Mechagodzilla, it's always he almost dies. Okay, so you want to talk about something else? Okay. It's a beautiful film. It looks good. <laughs> I We can agree on that, I think. We can. I, I do have to say, I thought the final battle looked great. Yeah, the final battle is fantastic. I, the final battle, the final battle is everything that I hoped that this movie would be. Sure, I, I I will say this: I hope we do in the future get another futuristic, you know, neon light looking Godzilla film. I think it looks great. I think it, I think it looks fantastic too. And the best part is, I can see everything that was going on. It was dark, but it wasn't like. I can't see dark. It was like, sure, the background's kind of. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really anxious to get the home release of this, of Me this too. movie. Me too. And I did like so the, uh, like we said, the Hollow Earth looks great. Um, though you said it was a little too much, over, overdone. It was, it was slightly overdone. I thought, like the Kong Citadel that looks uh straight out of lord of the rings that was a little much i thought that's but. fair yeah one of my friends sent me a message after he saw it and he said how did they build the temple like that thing is huge maybe maybe the hollow earth energy gives them superhuman or super intelligence yeah that was my guess was maybe kong species were masons and they they were able to create it possibly but we did get that um we we did get that very fan servicey moment where uh kong sits on the throne with his scepter mm-hmm. so it's implied that he is now king kong even though not legally even though not legally but that is the w- but that is the way that they could have done it and i actually it i'm not gonna fun. lie at it was a fun. It was fun. It 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 was a good. It was a good feel good. It was a feel good moment for for the Kong character. I agree. I agree. That being said, real quick, I just got to say his head's a little big. I forgot to mention that earlier. A little big. Nah, I think it's fine. I think you're just being nitpicky. Well, I think being a fanboy. <laughs> I think you're being a gatekeeper, but we can move on. <laughs> Okay, well then, um, so let's see here. Um, oh, the first round one on the boat looked pretty cool. I liked it. It did. No, I agree. I think that was. I think that that if we're talking about choreography uh, and visuals, I think, um, I think that fight was choreographed pretty well. In fact, I like that. I like that they didn't really even show us nearly as much in the trailer as what actually came out of that, uh, out of the boat scene, because the boat scene doesn't actually, the battle on the battle doesn't even actually start out on the boat. It starts out in the water. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was so happy that we actually got a proper water battle Mm -hmm. with, with Godzilla. Mm -hmm. And who knew that Godzilla had a prehensile tail that could drag Kong under? I did think that was kind of cool to see Godzilla, you know, wrap 
Kong up and drag him down. I thought that was kind of cool. Right. Um, and then, and then the you know the uh, just the overall like payoff of the fight itself was really satisfying. Yeah, for the most part, I I, I would say it was pretty. It, it worked. Hmm. Though I do got to say, my I figured out finally what my one issue with the MonsterVerse Godzilla is. What? When you have him face on, his face looks flat, and it looks weird. Like, head on, he he looks weird. I mean, he has a he just has a square jaw, yeah, but it, I don't think it looks weird. It looks more reptilian. It, it I, looks... Think, I think it's what happens, so when you... When the camera goes in like it's head on, his teeth don't look like a mouth exactly. Like they they look kinda too straight. Um the nose it like the nostrils are a little big and the eyes look like they're he's always angry. Th- mm-hmm. those are kind of my and I'm not like this isn't like a huge thing. But like that's I, I kind of realized my one thing is like oh so that's why he's not my all time favorite or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I'll that, give you I'll I'll give you that because in some in certain angles, legendary Godzilla does look a little good. It does look a little weird. Mm-hmm. No, it's not that. Like I, I want no, I no, want to make it's sure. Great. No, it's a great design. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a fantastic design. Mm-hmm. It's top ten for me easily. Yeah. Top five. It has to be at least top five for you. Maybe it might be because uh, you gotta. You, so, oh four seventy five fifty four sixty eight um, ninety one. Eh, top seven, maybe, maybe. I don't know. So I think this is. I I didn't think we would get this heated yet, but I think this is where we're really. It's either you're gonna be. Outed as a clear fanboy, okay. or or we're going to agree. Okay, the human characters are the worst part of this film. Not the worst part. Not the worst part of this movie because there are some there are some decent human characters. The only human character that I have a clear issue with is the fact that Sarazawa, in name only. Yeah, Ren like, Serzao was a piece of garbage. I wouldn't say piece of garbage, but it literally could have been anyone. In fact, I was listening to another podcast the other day, and they were like, they were really unsure if he said uh, Serizawa or Sekazawa. That's fair. I, I know he is Serizawa. I know he is. Yeah, I know he is Serizawa, but still. Sekazawa, I think, would have been better for the character. It would have been a little bit of a deeper cut, a little deeper Easter egg, but yeah. Mm-hmm. But oh but, my god! Okay, Please. let me. Okay, so let me ask you: What since I did since I did a lot of talking just a few minutes ago? What is your main gripe with the human characters? They don't get enough development. They're all very hollow. How how is how wait Hank? Okay, how is Bernie's development not satisfying? Because I still am trying to understand who is Bernie. Why? Why, why is he doing this? Bernie is a conspiracy theorist. Bernie is someone who has worked for Apex, 
who has seen a lot of crap that he thinks is weird and he's trying to uncover it. And, uh, so he's going to do whatever he has to, to do. So, I mean, it's, his motivations are not that hard to figure out. Most of that is established. The one part is that he's seen weird stuff. That's not established in the film until we do see the Mechagodzilla thing. And outside of that, Bernie is, it's never established why Bernie is the way he is. It's in, it's probably, I think it, it could have been built on a little bit more, especially in the moment where he's uh, sharing that little anecdote about his wife passing mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. It could have, it could have been elaborated a little bit more that maybe like maybe she died in an accident uh, uh, related to apex or um or something just something to help build on the character but it was just sort of glossed over it was just like yeah yeah this is my wife she died she was my rock and i carry around this flask with some whiskey in it uh as a reminder you know to keep fighting and to keep going mm-hmm. now let me ask you this did your face not light up when when the movie started and it was a black screen it was welcome everybody to the Titan's (laughs) Truth podcast I felt so justified me too (laughs) (laughs) I felt so justified in what we do as a hobby and what we do for And what we do, yeah, basically just what we do as a hobby, like what we're doing right now. I was like, yes, I feel so seen right now. Um, I, I, I and, and you know what? The best moment was at the end, actually, when when the when the battle is over with, and uh, um, Mark reunites with Madison, and he immediately says, "It's nice to meet you, sir. Uh, uh, you want to be on my podcast?" Because uh, yeah. that is exactly what any of us would have said in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, the one Bernie moment, and we can kind of pivot to some other characters in a second, but the one Bernie moment that everyone seems to have a problem with is the tap or no tap. So let me ask you, Elijah, are you tap or no tap? I'm no tap. I'm no tap. I I am very proud to say I am no tap. You are no tap. I'm no tap as well. So we're on the hey. same page. I'm. I feel even better about myself now. Yes, we're. We. I'm. De- I am no tap. I. I drink, uh, purified water. Uh, Same. That's but, what I got in my hand right now. Yes. Yeah. That was just a little. That was just a little silly moment. And one thing that I noticed. Uh, the one thing about the Bernie character, that I think a lot of people are even missing is that even Bernie doesn't probably buy into all the stuff that he was selling you know what i mean because there's the sequence at the beginning of the film when he gives the guy the when he when the guy's eating the apple he's like oh you can't eat that because of the gmos and then once the guy leaves he what's he immediately do takes a bite of the apple so that that's a little bit of an indicator that he doesn't always believe everything that he's selling right Mm -hmm. so uh and i don't even think that even as and as much as people want to bitch and complain about Madison's character in his film, which I don't have a problem with. Um, They want to say, well, Madison turned into this conspiracy theorist overnight. 
One, it's been five years removed from King of the Monsters. So it's it's very possible that she has seen and heard things that have made her a skeptic. Um, and two, I don't necessarily believe that she even thinks or she even buys into everything that Bernie is selling. And the reason I say that is when they go down, uh, I think it's when they go down to level 33, which is a reference to King Kong 33. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and Bernie's going on about uh, going to hell. He, Going, no, not even going to hell. It's the it's when he's going on about like, oh, this is where they take all the politicians and the dignitaries during a time of crisis and yada, yada, yada. And she just kind of gives Bernie this look like, yeah, right. Like, and she kind of rolls her eyes mm-hmm. a little and, bit. And she did that. So when they go in the elevator and Julian Dennison's Josh asked Bernie, how far did this go? If you look mm-hmm. at Madison's face when Bernie's like, it goes to hell. She rolls her eyes and she's like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and 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 for the people that say, "Well, they could have just combined Josh and Bernie's character together," no, they couldn't have because Josh is there to serve as the voice of reason and the skeptic. As the skeptic, um, Josh is there to be the voice of reason and to be skeptical as to why they're even doing this in the first place. Where and Bernie is the true believer, and Madison is just going along for the ride to get answers as to what's going on with Godzilla because she because there's obviously something wrong with Godzilla. Right now, so I'm on. I'm for the most part, on the same page as you for Team Godzilla. I do wish, though, they would have kept in the scene with Josh and how come him and Madison know each other. That mm-hmm. That's my big issue, is there is not proper development of why people are there. Right. And it's because Wingard cut out a ton of stuff. There's a scene where Madison's getting bullied and Josh sticks up for her. That should have been at the beginning. We should have had establishments of why they're there. Um, right, and that could have been, and, and honestly, I wish that was in there because then that would have maybe uh, made the connection as to why Madison uh, identifies or is willing to go along with Bernie's craziness. Mm-hmm. I agree. Maybe, and- Madis- maybe Madison had her own conspiracy theories and she told somebody and people were making fun of her for it, so Josh steps in to break it up. And that establishes their bond. I agree. And I feel like I like the Madison character. It's just she should have been in it more. That's my one issue is she wasn't in it enough. Same with Mark. Mark should have been in it more. I really thought this is the way I would have played. This is the way I would have played out that final scene when Mechagodzilla stalls. Uh, before uh, before Godzilla charges the axe for Kong so that Kong could beat Mechagodzilla. Um, when, uh, so Madison is on the phone with her dad. Uh, Josh is trying to hack into the system. He's unsuccessful. Bernie's freaking out. And then Bernie says, uh, like, well, I guess if I'm going to die, if I'm going to die here, I'm not going to die sober. And then Madison gets the idea of saying, oh yeah, water, liquid. And she's the one that grabs it out of Bernie's hands and pours it out into the computer to stall Mechagodzilla because at that point, because at that point, uh, Josh 
has already failed at his job. He can't hack into the system. Bernie is sort of failed at his job, kind of like, I guess, if you want to say it like, if I want to say it like that is because he's just kind of freaking out. And he's like, no, I give up. You know, he's in that mode of like, I just give up now. And Madison, she could come in as the hero and figure out like, oh, why don't we just throw this big Hail Mary and say, we'll just pour the liquid on the computer and stall Mech, and that will maybe screw things up so that Mecha God's, so that Kong and Godzilla could have the advantage. That's how mm-hmm. I would have done it, but or, you know, I'm not a screenwriter. <clears throat> or they could have done a callback to 74. Um, Madison's like, what if we blow the base up? And then they set self-destruct on the base, get out, and then the base blows. <clears throat> yeah, but that would require Josh successfully hacking into the system to set the self-destruct. Not necessarily. <clears throat> you could have it where they're... Because Apex has bombs or something around their home <clears throat> base. Like, they could always set something like that up. We could. That's that's at all possible. Now, what I'm hoping is in the novelization, because I'm going to pick up the novelization, I hope that it kind of clears a lot of this stuff up, but <clears throat> it's just sort of unfortunate, you know, all the people online that have been bitching and complaining about, well, why is it we have to read the novelization to get uh, context in the story? And I was like, well, you know, because if not, this movie would have probably been like two and a half hours or three hours long. So I, I, I will say this though, to have a proper, it, I shouldn't have to buy the novelization to understand what's going on. It's just like uh, with 2014 on 4K, I shouldn't have to only watch it with an HDR cord to see what's going on. It should be available in the basic version. So I'm on their side a bit, but I I definitely I do agree that not everything should be in the film, but like the <clears throat> bullying scene, um depth and understanding of why Dr. Lind is there, you know, more stuff with Mark. That, I think, should have been in the film to help the narrative. Yeah. And I... uh, There is so much... And back to... So we were talking... uh, This is something I forgot to mention. We were talking about Sarazawa the first time. That moment where uh, Godzilla comes to Pensacola... And they're on top of they're on top of the air they're on, they're on top of the apex facility. They're getting ready to take off in the helicopter, and Sarazawa just has this long stare at Godzilla. That's like it's super obvious. There's something going on in his brain. Mm-hmm. I wish there was a little bit more exposition as to what exactly was going on. I agree because now I I I've been told that in the novelization of King of the Monsters they establish Ren, but they don't develop him because that was for gvk mm-hmm. but it, it's still like who, who is this person because they don't establish it in either movie mm-hmm. and i think that was a huge problem with the narrative of him we mm-hmm. we don't know why he hates godzilla we don't know how he's connected to ashira sirizawa yeah we could assume we could assume that the reason he hates godzilla is because his dad took his own life to save this creature who is now uh, attacking uh, and killing people. So he probably believes that the Titans and Godzilla are not worthy of surviving and that man should be the apex uh, species, which, you know, I handed to uh, Walter Simmons, the Walter Simmons character for 
having a very good villain speech that is incredibly on the nose. And I've heard people talk about how his character reminds them so much of Doctor Who from King Kong Escapes. I mean, there's uh, <laughs> whenever he goes and meets Doctor Lin, look at how he's wearing his jacket. I know I'm getting really detailed here, but the way he wears his outer jacket is he doesn't put his hands through the sleeves, and it's just kind of sitting on him. Doctor Who did the same thing in King Kong Escapes. And on okay. top of that, the I, the plan that um, Simmons okays is abducting Kong, taking right. Kong to the Antarctic, and mm-hmm. going below the surface to get a energy source to power his mecha. Yes, it's the, it's it's ex, it's the exact same story Doctor Who has, and I think that's right. kind of cool. I, I like it that. Is. I liked it too. I, I enjoyed it. I actually enjoyed it a lot. What did you think about our two? What did you think about our team? Uh, our team Kong. Yeah, was cool. They should have had an opening explaining the Evie's disappearance. Maybe um, I think I haven't read the comic yet, but I think that gets explained in the newest comic. Uh, I see. Great. I love having to buy the comic to understand the characters in the movie. Um, blah blah blah. Let's move on. Um, <clears throat> and I felt like all the other characters were just kind of thrown in. I I would have loved to have understood their motives and their kind of development a little bit more. I feel like Team Kong, because it's bigger, has a lot <clears throat> of more um issues with that because of the fact that there's more people and they can't properly explain Lind, um, the Kong Whisperer, <clears throat> Gia, um, Walter Simmons' daughter, um, all. Yeah, Walter Simmons' daughter was just there to be evil and die. Yeah, and, ba- but... My, it's basically what Travis and I established when we did our review. But here's my thing, though. At the beginning, it, she's established as a hot-headed kind of like... I don't care. I'm above all of you kind of person. Mm -hmm. During the Tasman Sea stuff, we see her um, worried about Gia. Is she supposed to be out there? We Mm -hmm. see her grab Gia from falling down and picking her up, which is weird. That, That those two parts there, I think, break her narrative. And I don't understand why they're in there. And then when she's in the hollow earth, you know, she's like back to her normal self. Mm-hmm. So it's like the middle part of the movie, she feels like a different character. And I don't understand. It. I can agree with that. I mean, she's not, a, I mean, she's, she's there. Uh, you know, she's just, she's, her character is just there as filler. Honestly, it's I would just agree. There. It's just there as a plot device to get to the hollow earth. And then that's it. Um, Now, what did you think about uh, Gia's adopted mom? It was all right. I wish, I wish we could have got a little bit more of Mm -hmm. her background with Kong. Because I think that would have been really interesting. I feel like her 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 lines were really just kind of generic 
trailery lines. They obviously wrote that line um, in the boat when she's talking with the captain and uh, the captain says, well, who bows to who? And she turns and she says, Kong bows to no one. They yeah. obviously wrote that for the tra- for trailer purposes because it just, although it's, although it's you, you get it within context, but the delivery was just weird. Yeah. It, it feels like it would be what I would say if I was in that situation, like Godzilla bows to no one. And you mm-hmm. know, like the, it's very cliche. It's very overdramatic. It's, mm-hmm. I, I, I do agree with that. It is. Yeah. Um, now I, I want to point out something and this is, this is something that's, that's sort of debatable in this genre and honestly, and specifically talking about this film. It is not out of the realm of possibility to say that Godzilla and Kong are your main characters and your humans are your supporting cast. I agree. I I agree. And actually, I was going to mention that um, here in a second. I I wholeheartedly agree that this is a movie where Godzilla and Kong are your main characters. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's it's frustrating because you see people forget that. They they automatically think, well, the humans should be the main characters. Well, not necessarily, because when you give these two monsters th- this much screen time and this much personality, they become the main characters. And if you really want to dig if you really want to dig a little bit deeper, they both go on their own separate character arcs. Mm-hmm. Uh Kong specifically goes on his on his hero's journey in this movie mm-hmm. and uh, Godzilla has to grow a little, has to grow a little bit as well, because when we first encounter Godzilla, he's just pissed off and just wanting to blow shit up. And then he's pissed off at Kong because the, he's, he's pissed off at Kong just for the simple fact that Kong is even there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really in this movie, Godzilla is kind of an asshole. And so he 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 learns later on to grow to respect Kong and hate him a little bit less, which we see at the end of that battle when, you know, Godzilla has his foot on his chest and he kind of gives him a little snort and a nod to say, Kong, you need to stay down, buddy. This is this has gone on long enough. So and then you've, I will say he was going to die. Maybe Godzilla kind of knew that. It's possible. It's possible that Godzilla could feel that you know he had killed Kong, but I, we don't know mm-hmm. because it is it, it is obvious that if if it was not for human intervention, human intervention, Godzilla would have killed Kong. Mm-hmm. He would have just yeah. Got, Kong was down. He was mm-hmm. he was done. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me ask you just really quickly: Are you satisfied with the outcome? My initial reaction, no. I, I, and this is to, since we are talking about characters, Mechagodzilla's character in the movie. He is. Or it my is, whatever. My biggest problem was Mechagodzilla felt almost forced in. Mm, with, cause, not really. Because a lot of people have pointed this out. Team Godzilla, those scenes feel very forced in and drag the narrative down until Mechagodzilla comes in and then it's like, okay, I get it now. But they slow the movie down. Mechagodzilla causes a reason for both of them to fight each other. I was... I don't 
I said it before and I'll say it again. I did not want a team up. Yes, mm-hmm. it was after the fight was over, but I still thought the team up was kind of boring and not needed. Well, it just helped, it, you know, it, it helped to establish Mechagodzilla as a bigger threat, though. Sure. I, you know, it, it would have been, it would have been kind of weird and kind of just kind of like blah if. Like after this, after fighting Kong all night and being basically depleted of his energy, Kong, uh, a, a half-powered Godzilla just single-handedly beats Mechagodzilla. There has to sure. be that tension there. See, so I personally, and maybe I don't know, maybe this I wouldn't have liked this either. But I was wanting them to have like a intermission between the fight between the two, where Mechagodzilla would come in to try and beat them. Both of them so angry and animalistic, they trashed Mechagodzilla, and then they would have continued with their fighting. I mean, either scenario probably would have worked, but I'm personally satisfied with the outcome that we got. Because we got a clear, and I've seen people online try to say, no, it wasn't a clear victory. Bullshit, it's a clear victory. I've, I've heard it's a tie, and I've heard Kong won. Bull. Okay. Do you do you yeah. want me to? Uh, I I'm with you, but I'm let's Go, let's, let's play, let's play devil. Let, let's play devil's advocate. Tell me why people think it was a tie. First of all, so because nobody died, neither of them lost. But yeah, but it doesn't. Okay, so that's that's where they're that's the first mistake. To win, to have a victory, a character does not necessarily have to die. Sure, but Kong still was able to make Godzilla leave. I, I I don't know. I I'm struggling with this one. I I don't know. I I don't. I no no <laughs> no no be, no because no because Godzilla had beat Kong to the point of death. Kong, Godzilla had had beaten Kong to the point of death. It it took um, it took them restarting Kong's heart with electricity, which nice, nice touch callback, nice yeah. callback to sixty two. Uh, it took because in sixty two Godzilla had Kong beat as well until the whole lightning fiasco, and Kong was done. He was done. He was dead in the water. He would have if it was not for the if it was not for Doctor Lind, he would have died. His heart was slowing. So how they cannot get a Godzilla victory out of that is beyond me. Actually, I got it. Kong did not bow to Godzilla. He never submitted. So neither of them won. No. No. Kong lost because he was beaten to the point of death. What's the point of submitting when you're going to die anyway? I I don't know. I can't can't wrap my... I can't wrap my head around the logic, though. That's that's the problem. Like, I, 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 can't I can't wrap either. my head around the logic. I I, I can't. Like I, if, that's, I, that's I can only see I it. I can only see it if if they really wanted to hone in on those lines of Kong bows to no one. Kong, this will this is only over when one submits. Technically, yeah, Kong didn't submit, but. Kong was the one who laid that axe. He was the one that gave up first. He was the one who laid the axe down. 
and said, I don't want to fight you anymore. Like, I'm not going to fight you anymore. Should we, get then, in, uh, should we get into why Kong won since we're kind of going sure, down that path? Sure. Go ahead and tell me why Kong won. So Kong won because A, Kong didn't submit. B, when Kong laid down his axe, that was him saying, you know what? I'm better than you. I'm not going to fight you anymore. Godzilla, <laughs> you're the sore loser. And then Godzilla walks away. And C, if Kong doesn't win, then the whole movie is pointless because it's Kong's journey to becoming king and how he is the rightful king of the monsters. And if Kong loses, then it means the whole journey we've went on with Kong is pointless. No. I no. But how but why? Why is it no? making you think isn't it it's making me think a little bit so i'm trying like i'm trying to do a little bit of mental gymnastics here to try and think about it okay i got a little bit of a rebuttal but sure uh, go ahead okay so yes kong lays down his axe but in a fight if your opponent lays down their weapon that is then submitting to you that is them right rendering themselves uh open to attack that is them saying I'm done, you win. Kong did that. And Godzilla recognizes that and then allows Kong to submit. He doesn't have to bow, but he does submit. Um, my other thing is, like you said, Kong did die. Kong died. Godzilla killed Kong, but because of humor, human intervention, Kong did not stay dead. Right. Um, and then the third and final thing, which is the narrative thing, it would be more of a waste if Godzilla lost because we had two movies establishing that he is the king of the monsters. That's what the sequel was all about. So it's right. either you render the universe useless or this movie useless. On top of that, the story is not about Kong winning. It's about Kong realizing his place in the world. It's him realizing Skull Island's not his home. The Hollow mm. Earth is. Kong is not the king of the monsters. Godzilla is. Kong does not belong. Is, is, is Kong is the king of Hollow Earth. Yes. While Godzilla rules the surface. Kong is Kong rightfully establishes that he is below Godzilla, both figuratively and literally. And, and literally, because Kong because Kong is going to the hollow earth to live and Godzilla remains on the on on the surface. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. That's my rebuttal. I don't disagree with it. Like it it, it really it really takes me a lot of mental gymnastics to try and work out a scenario where Kong actually won this. Mm -hmm. uh, the the only one I think is valid is that if lost, that means his hero's journey is pointless. I, I can see yeah, why people would think the, that. Yeah, that's the part. Yeah, that's the part that was tripping me up because that is that is true. Like if if Kong truly lost, then his hero then the hero's journey that we just went on for an hour and fifty minute or yeah an hour and fifty minutes was completely pointless. Now I will say, and I, I I'm also going to point out this is not a very Japanese film. It's very much a Western Godzilla and Kong movie. But yeah. 
in Japanese film, it's not out of the realm of possibility the ending does not satisfy you. It's not where it's supposed to go. You know, maybe the villain wins. Um, or it's a somber note. You know, mm. they still die, but the story's over. Um, as an example, House, 1977. In I haven't that seen movie, it, but okay. Do you care about spoilers? No, it's fine. Go ahead. Okay. It's a horror movie. It's about teenage girls going to a house, and one by one, they all die. We're down to our main character, and somebody's about to get there to save her. Well, before that guy gets there, she's she's taken, and she is basically killed. And then she lures him into the house, and he is kind of screwed. It it doesn't end on the right note. If it's a hero's right. journey, she should get out of the house. She does not. But isn't but also the hero's journey. The hero's journeys wouldn't. I have to. I would have to ask Nathan this because Nathan would know. Um, the the concept of the hero's journey is a Western concept, though. That's true. So maybe so Kong's because hero's so, journey isn't supposed to be perfect. Hmm. I can, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, Kong definitely goes on a hero's journey, which is, like I said, a Western concept. Like, but it's not as clean as people probably hoped it would be. Yeah. Because I, I saw a lot of people online were like, "Why didn't Kong die? Like, why didn't they just let Kong die? Or why didn't uh, Godzilla die? Or whatever?" I like neither one of them were meant to die. Mm-hmm. Which I thought like, was obvious. Like a three years ago when they announced the movie, but I digress. Right. Right. You know, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, like uh, to, to go into this movie thinking that one is going, like, I never thought one was going to die. Mm -hmm. I thought that one would be beaten within probably an inch of their life, Mm -hmm. which is what happened. But I didn't go into this movie expecting one to die. Honestly, certainly not. I was I was surprised that Kong was about to. I I was like really surprised they did that. Mm-hmm. I I didn't think they would. I mean, it's if you're gonna do it that way, that's probably the best way they could do it mm-hmm. to sort of emphasize the gravity of what just happened. Mm-hmm. Like if 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 Kong is if because if you think about it, if Kong is just knocked out, then it doesn't have as much weight as. His oh, his heart is slowing. Oh, he's dying. Mm-hmm. Oh, That's like, fair. yeah, it, it just doesn't have as much weight to it. Um, you know, it would still be a victory. It, there would still be the open possibility of a round three. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a, I. I feel like the, that segue just kind of got wrapped up there in a nice bow. It did. Yeah, it, it did. And uh, you know, speaking of speaking of you know round three and just you know, our overall thoughts. Um, you want to talk about the future? What were the future of the MonsterVerse since we're trying to wrap this one up? Sure, we'll talk about that. Um, and then I think we'll just kind of go back to our overall thoughts, kind of summing up what we said. Um, and then we'll we'll end it with links. So, Michael, what do you think the future of the MonsterVerse is? <sighs> well, we know... 
and we know that there is a Kong anime mm-hmm. that has been announced. Prequels. So, uh, yeah, prequel anime, uh, which if they're going to continue the MonsterVerse, they're going to continue it with Kong because the future, the, the future of the Godzilla license on a legal standpoint is not certain. Like we don't know what Toho is going to do. Now Toho may look at what's happening here around and around the world rather with Godzilla versus Kong and seeing how people have flocked to see it. Um, and they may say, you know what? You guys can have the Godzilla license for, uh, for another four years. We just certainly don't know. Now, as far as the context of this movie goes, and I told this and I said this to Alex when we walked out of the theater and I, and I think to, I think for the most part, I still mean it. Um, if this is the end, I'm satisfied. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if this is the if 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 the if the monster verse ends with Godzilla versus Kong, I think I'll be satisfied with that mm-hmm. because we've gotten way more than what I even expected. Like we started in twenty, this journey started in 2014 with with Godzilla, and it ends with Godzilla versus Kong, and we have gotten more than our fair share of fan service and and eye candy and decent story and likable characters and moments that we're probably going to debate and talk about and argue about for many more years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this franchise has made, and I think legendary released a little video, a thank you video that was, uh, had mixed reactions online. A lot of people took it as a lot of people took it as, um, as legendary saying goodbye and then some people took it as them just saying thank you that we can't wait to continue. Honestly, I we probably won't get a clear cut answer from Legendary or Warner Brothers for a little bit for a while for a little bit of time now, probably until like the final like the final final GVK numbers comes in because mm-hmm. I think it has crossed sixty million in the in the states if I'm yep. not mistaken as of yep. today. Mm-hmm. Um. So it is, and, and I've seen a lot of people online belittle this, like, oh, it's the, it's the highest grossing movie within a pandemic. It's like, well, it's the highest grossing movie within a pandemic. If it was not a pandemic, this movie wouldn't have done very well, blah, 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 blah. And you know what? That very, I'll concede that that may be true. We don't know. But given the fact that we are living in the reality that we're living in now, and this movie is doing well, I mean... I don't see why Legendary and Warner Brothers and even Toho won't stand up and take notice of it. I think it would be, honestly, I think it would be foolish of them not to notice it. Um, do and there's and I feel like there's more story to tell. Like there's there's a little bit more story to tell, especially with with Kong and the Hollow Earth. I think there's a lot more story to tell. Like you you can have another movie or two with just Kong or Kong versus or whatever. If you want to have another Godzilla movie, great. But I think if they're going to continue the monster verse, they're going to continue with Kong because, you know, Godzilla's had, you know, his, as, as, as much as I hate to say it, he's had his time to shine. So now it's Kong's turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think you're, you ended kind of on a more positive light than I'm going to, but um, I think, so, like you said, the MonsterVerse is not over. We do have a prequel anime coming. Mm-hmm. So, it's not over. We still have more stories to tell, but this is it. That being said, 
The Godzilla license is up. This is third and done. Toho and Legendary have fulfilled their contract. This is the first successful Godzilla attempt with all three films. The film is doing great. It's it's doing really good. The movie ends on a note where Godzilla goes off into the sunset. Mm-hmm. It's, or I guess in this case, a sunrise. Godzilla had his time, like you said. We, we've had Godzilla's hero's journey. We had him from being a force of nature to a god to another monster. We've, we've been able to properly establish Godzilla is an animal who has emotions, who has feelings, who can learn as he goes. Mm-hmm. And we we have successfully established he is the king of the monsters, no question right. about it. He acknowledges that he isn't he can't beat everything by himself. And he has been humanized to the point where he um, he he can let go. He can forgive. Mm-hmm. Which is what Final Wars also did. Godzilla right. had to forgive. He does so in this movie. The future of Godzilla, America's had him now for... So they got the rights in 2010, 11 years. They've mm. had a decade with Godzilla. I feel like we've had our time, for now. Now, that's not saying in the future we can't do another take, because I would love to see <clears throat> more Hollywood takes on the character. Mm. But we've had Toho's top five, We've had the theme. We've had three films that are all ranging in success, but all successful in some manner. We've had Godzilla be what we envision him to be. Mm-hmm. And the fans, for the most part, have been happy with it. Now, right. some fans, not too happy. Um, in a retrospective, I think it could have been better. But hey, we we had a good eleven years with him, mm-hmm. and if it and now yes, I I agree. I think there's more story to tell with Kong. I think another Kong movie would do well. That being said, looking at this as a landmark in the franchise, this is the remake we never thought would happen. The rematch mm-hmm. we never thought would happen. This mm-hmm. film saved AMC theaters. Their stocks went back up. This right. film is the highest grossing film in a year. It's saved theaters. Mm-hmm. It has jump-started it. And somebody pointed this out, and I'm going to repeat it here. In 2017, Adam Wingard left Twitter because of death threats, because of what he had done with Death Note. Right now, he is single-handedly holding the theater business up with this film. Godzilla vs. Kong is the film of the year. This is what's bringing us back. Right. And that's something that won't surreal. It's sort of a surreal moment, if you think about it. It is. It's to think that the character that's been around for 66 years is the character saving what I would consider is the best part of a movie experience says something. Mm. It's not a Marvel movie. 
it's not universal horror films it's not it's none of that it's godzilla and kong the creatures and monsters that shaped most childhoods you know kong the creation of the adventure film in its full spectacle thrills with its soundtrack with its special effects everything king kong saved theaters during the depression right and here he is again i think this film if it's the end it's ending on the best note it could even though i think it's a mediocre film i think this is a way to walk out of the monsters i think so and uh yeah I mean, there's really not much else. There's really not much else to say as far as the future of the MonsterVerse because a lot of we just don't know. Mm-hmm. We don't know, and I personally, I want it to continue. I hope it continues, but if it doesn't, and the Kong anime is the last thing we get for a while, then so be it, and I'm satisfied. I agree. I agree. Except I personally think the MonsterVerse is worse, but. Uh, that that aside, I <laughs> you always have to get that little dig in there. Yeah, I do. You know, I just got to point out something that I just realized. The beginning of this is like we're we're kind of on odds. The middle, like we were really fighting each other, and now we're like teaming up at the ends. <laughs> you know, GVK saving theaters. It's great, and and now we're like. Okay. I think we just had a Godzilla versus Kong episode. <laughs> we did. <laughs> and if I'm looking at the timestamp, if I'm looking at the timestamp, Elijah, this is going to be your longest episode to date. It might be. I don't know. We'll have to see what goes, what happens in editing. Maybe I'll pull a wind guard and cut it down to the bare <laughs> minimum. <laughs> well, Elijah, since this is your show, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you first dibs. Uh, and say, what are your ending thoughts on this movie? Overall, I think the film is mediocre. It, it's got a okay score. The designs are decent. CGI is fantastic. Visuals are great. Characters are lackluster. It's it's a film that, in the grand scheme of things, will be in like the fourteen or the twelve to like seventeen range my godzilla films it's not the best thing ever it's not the worst thing ever i think it lived up to what it promised godzilla and kong fighting so i would give it three out of five stars and i'm gonna put you on the spot where do you rank this one in monsterverse films only out of the four we got second okay um do you want objective or subjective I want both. Okay, objectively speaking, Godzilla vs. Kong is only behind Kong Skull Island. And then you have 2014 and King of the Monsters dead last, objectively. Mm -hmm. Subjectively, as much as I hate on it, and I I make fun of you for liking King of the Monsters, I cried during that movie. (laughs) The rebirth scene, even though it's pro-nuclear, the rebirth scene... Was beautiful. The Ifakube theme, the CGI, great. Loved it. 
So subjectively, this film falls right under King of the Monsters for number two, and then Kong Skull Island for number three, and 2014 Dead Last at number four. Mm-hmm. All right. <clears throat> That's fair. That's actually better than I expected you to give this film because you were pretty hard. You were going hard on, you were going hard after us uh, in our group chat mm-hmm. uh, for like, for it. love for love for loving this movie so much um okay so for me i really like godzilla versus kong and i have taken some time to remove myself from the experience because i thought at first like did i love it because i went and experienced it in imax because i was with travis and alex and eric and jr and i was with a bunch of other nerds and I, I, I promise you, Elijah, uh, there, we had a rowdy crowd in that IMAX. There were people saying, kick his ass Kong. And, you know, (laughs) people cheered when people cheered when Godzilla beat Kong. And then, you know, when Kong was beating up on Godzilla, people were cheering there too. And the film got a standing ovation from a few of the rows in our IMAX. Nice. So it was a, it was a really good experience. Um, so, you know, I'm a few, I'm a few days removed from that. And I took some time to watch it on HBO Max. I watched it on HBO Max next because I needed to review it for mine and Travis's podcast. And so I needed to be objective. I needed to be like, I needed to actually sit down and get into review mode for it. And honestly, my feelings have not changed a whole lot after viewing it four times. Um, or six times, six, six times, six times. Yeah. Six times. Um, after viewing it that many, t- whatever, after viewing it that many times, cause I have watched it a few times on HBO max. Um, I still think that this is a fun, accessible movie for general audiences and fans. I mean, there is fan service in this movie, but mm-hmm. I feel like it's a lot more subtle than in King of the Monsters. I think that this film is a lot smarter than what people give it credit for. Um, It is, this film is very much self-aware of how campy and how silly it is. And, but I also feel like it does. I feel like you're also doing yourself in this movie a disservice by just writing it off as just a big, dumb monster movie. It's just big, dumb fun to a point. Yes. Um, but there is some, like I said, there is some, there is some self-awareness to this movie that makes it smart, uh, in my opinion. And the visuals are, the visuals are fantastic. Like this is hands down the most visually pleasing of all the MonsterVerse films. Mm. Um, and I know you, you think Skull Island is more visually pleasing. It's beautiful. Skull Island is beautiful, but to me, this takes Skull Island and just turns the dial up a little bit further. Um, because then not only do we get Kong in a good light, we also get Godzilla in a, Kong, in, in a good light. And I am team Godzilla all the way. Uh, I know I was there for a while. I was just kind of poking the bear a little bit and saying team Godzilla, but never Kong. Um this film made me appreciate and like Kong a lot more. Now I don't hate, I didn't like this. I did not dislike Kong as much as my co-host Travis, but I still respected the character, but this film made me like the character more. 
And speaking of characters, like we talked about, if you go into this movie knowing that Godzilla and Kong are your main characters and that the human cast is just your supporting cast, I think you're going to have a good time. If you're going into this movie trying to overanalyze the human plot, which is, you know, okay, it's it's there. Uh, there are some funny moments. The humor in this movie lands a little bit better than even King and the Monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll have a good time with it. I'm, uh, I never thought I would ever say this, but this film made me into a Bernie bro because, um, you know, of the Bernie character. The Bernie character to me is my favorite human character out of this entire movie. Um, I just needed more. I actually just needed more Bernie throughout the entire film. In fact, you could have had Bernie, um, uh, kill Mechagodzilla and I would have been okay with that too. Um, is it because you relate to him on a personal level? Possibly, possibly. Um, but I don't unsee and I recognize the flaws with this movie. But to me, this movie lived up to every bit of hype that we've been anticipating for the last two years. Uh, it, it fulfilled, like you said, it fulfilled its promise. And I can't fault this movie for its missteps because it did fulfill a promise. It gave us the spectacle of Godzilla versus Kong. And this is not the, let me, let me just say this. This is not the first and nor will it be the last Godzilla movie that sacrifices substance for spectacle. Like it's not, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, (sighs) there are other films in the genre that have done that and there are going to be more. You know, and to and to say that it's just a big dumb fun, it's just a big dumb movie. I feel I feel like does it a little bit of an injustice. And and I will say this, and I said this on our show, and I'm going to repeat it here because I know you have people who listen to you as well. Um, I personally say, do not listen to the detractors on this movie. Well, the only person, the only person that can tell you that the only person that can determine this movie is bad is you. No, that's true. That's true. Watch it for yourself. You don't have to listen to some of, you don't have to listen to the people online, like the Steve rifles and the Ed go and, um, uh, uh, the, uh, shoot, um, Norman England's. You don't have to listen to those guys. And I know this sounds crass and I respect those guys. I respect, I respect them from everything that they've contributed to this fandom and this genre over the last several decades. But ultimately the only opinion that matters about this movie is yours, mm-hmm. not theirs, not even mine and yours, Elijah, our opinion doesn't really matter. We're just having this discussion to entertain folks so anyone who wants to watch this film, go watch it for yourself. Determine if it's a good movie or not. Uh, I think it personally is, you know, it's got fun. It's got the big visuals. It's got spectacle. It's got a decent story. It's not a perfect story. And it fulfills a child. It fulfills a childhood fantasy that we've been longing for, for God, how long has it been? What, 60 years, 60 years or 50 years at this point, almost. Maybe. Um, the rematch that we never thought we would get, like you said. Um, 
And like, and I'll just repeat what I said about the MonsterVerse ending. If this is the last one, I'm satisfied personally. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. that's just sort of where I stand. So, you know, with all that to say, I'm going to score this the same. I'm going to give this the same score that I gave it on Kaiju Weekly. I'm going to give it a three. I'm going to give it a 4.75 out of five. Um, 4.75 Godzookies <laughs> out of five Um, because I actually do appreciate this film. I have a lot of fun with this one. This one's totally rewatchable. This one's just as rewatchable to me as uh, Mothra versus Godzilla from 64 or Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla from 74. Like this is mm-hmm. totally rewatchable and I'm so happy that it's doing so well with with general audiences because now finally people can see uh, what we all see in these films. So I guess I need to end it on my ranking. So I, you haven't listened to the episode yet, Elijah. So I'm going to remain intellectually dishonest or intellectually dishonest. I'm going to remain intellectually honest and give it the same ranking that I gave it on even Kaiju weekly, because like I said, nothing's not much has changed. Um, objectively speaking um kong skull island is number one because it is arguably the best film of the monsterverse um gvk godzilla versus kong is number two king of the monsters is number three and godzilla 2014 is last which does not mean that godzilla 2014 is a bad movie it's just not one that i'm gonna reach for Every time I want to watch a legendary film, I'm going to reach now that Godzilla versus Kong is out. I'm going to reach probably for either Kong Skull Island or Godzilla versus Kong first, and then maybe King of the Monsters if I'm feeling extra nostalgic. Um, subjectively speaking, oh, as much fun as much fun as I've had with this movie, Kong Skull Island or not Kong Skull Island, uh, Godzilla versus Kong, then King of the Monsters, then Kong Skull Island, and then Godzilla 2014, uh, if I'm rejiggering my list for just pure enjoyment factor. See, we both, uh, I noticed something, and subjectively we just flipped two, and objectively we flipped, we flipped uh, subjectively it was the top two, objectively it was the bottom two. It's kind mm-hmm. of interesting. Interesting. So mm-hmm. we've, similar to Godzilla and Kong, uh, we end our episode. We end our conversation together with an understanding that neither one of us are right and neither one of us are wrong. Mm-hmm. Man, this is Godzilla versus Kong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, unlike Godzilla, because I'm obviously the Godzilla, um, I want you to go ahead. And tell us what you do and link it so I can help support you, Kong. <laughs> you would, okay. I'm not going to be too insulted. Anyway, um, so like I said at the top of the show, I am the co host of the Kaiju Weekly podcast along with my good friend, well, mine and Elijah's good friend, Travis. Uh, we publish episodes every Wednesday, and we like to embrace the sillier side of the giant monster genre. Uh, and we like to just celebrate these films. Sometimes we'll give, sometimes we'll give um, our. Sometimes there are films that come along that don't get a glowing review, but I will say that we try to find both the positives and the negatives in every single film. 
that we watch and review. So you can uh, follow the podcast on Twitter at Kaiju Weekly. Uh, you can find me on my personal Twitter at Kaiju Groupie Pod. And speaking of Kaiju Groupie Pod, I'm going to be coming back with my very own podcast, which is just a uh, long-form interview show with people around the genre and the fandom of giant monsters and tokusatsu called the Kaiju Groupie Podcast. I've got several episodes out now. You can find that in iTunes or Spotify or wherever you find your favorite giant monster podcast, just like this one. Also, I am a co- I'm the co-creator in the, of uh, a uh, magazine called Kaiju Ramen that celebrates everything that has anything to do with the giant monster uh, and tokusatsu genre. It's it's a mag it's a digital magazine published quarterly uh, for fans by fans, and we have a team of fantastic writers and artists that are helping us out with that project, especially uh, one very uh, one young, very up and coming. Uh, writer that will be featured in episode in, uh, in uh, issue number two uh, when he breaks down the first round of when Godzilla and Kong met way back in 1962. I read the article; it's great, uh, and the author of that is your very own Mr. Elijah Thomas. So, congratulations, buddy! It was it's it's great to have you on the project. And thank you for letting me come on and uh, go back and forth with you today. It was fun. Uh, I I was expecting a little more yelling, uh, but <laughs> hey, I I think uh, there was a, a, an entertaining amount of yelling in this episode. I I told I, I told Nathan that I was going to try to uh, rein it in a little bit because I didn't want to I didn't because you are younger than me, but I, I didn't want to come off as a bully similar to Godzilla in Godzilla versus Kong. I didn't want to look, I didn't want to look like a bully for most of the episode. Ah, nice. I'm still Godzilla, but I I'll let you uh, take that. Um. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, I'm happy I could have you on for this. Um, I was hoping to get you on before to interview um, maybe in the uh, near future we can do that though. Um, maybe but... after uh, maybe after issue two is out, we can sit down and, and have a, just a conversation uh, about the magazine or, or something like that. I, I'd love to do that, um, but I'm happy I could have you on for this. I know we both have um, some different opinions on the MonsterVerse as a whole, but I think we were able to really see both sides of this film um, and really talk about it. I I appreciated what you uh, mentioned earlier um, a few minutes ago about how neither one of us is right, but neither one of us is wrong. And it is up to everybody listening to decide for themselves who is king and whether that could be GVK or King of the Monsters or a Toho film. It's up to you. And well, at least we can comfortably we can comfortably say that the MonsterVerse is better than the Snyderverse. Uh, I haven't watched it, so sure, yes, one hundred percent. Honestly, I I I I've seen both Wonder Woman's and Justice League. That's that's about all I've watched. Because um, I died nearly watching, uh, or I nearly died watching Aquaman. Um, 
So I feel like that is a bad idea for me to watch those films. But that does have a kaiju in it, to be fair. It's true, it does. But uh, yeah, it was awesome. Uh, and I hope I don't get any hate messages for disliking stuff. We'll see. Oh, I'm I'm sure you will. You'll probably get one or two messages from a certain butthurt friend of ours who fancies himself a film curator, but I digress. Yeah. But to wrap this up, because we are getting, we're like 20 minutes short, 25 minutes short of three hours. Um, I know you said that you didn't want to go longer than the Kaiju Weekly, but... Uh, I'm unfortunate to tell you, I think we went longer, so. Uh-oh. Well, <laughs> I mean, you know, GVK deserved a long episode because it is such a fantastic movie. No, it's such a bad movie that it, it deserved to be ripped apart to shreds. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, let me... Let me just let me just ask you something real quick, and we can end it here if you need to, because we are going a little bit long. For someone who dislikes this movie so much, why did you go to see it nine times? Okay, so the reason... Uh, actually, I'm happy you mentioned this, because I've been asked this like 30,000 times. The reason I went to see it eight times in theaters, eventually nine and ten, is a few reasons. One, it's Godzilla. I want to support the franchise I love. I buy Playmate toys. I go see movies multiple times. I buy 5 to 17 copies of each movie. I want to show my support and love for the franchise. I'm a Godzilla fan through and through, and I will right. proudly spend thousands of dollars to prove that I'm uh, just that to myself and everybody around me. Um, my second reason is this could be the last Godzilla movie we have for a long time in the United mm -hmm. States. That's a okay. English film. And I wanted to go out with a bang. And it's Godzilla and Kong. We're not going to get another movie like this for a while. Mm -hmm. So why not enjoy it while it's here? Right. And my third and final reason, and this is honestly why... I want to support theaters. Uh, the reason I've seen it, I'll be seeing it 10 times in theaters, not a single time on HBO Max, is the theaters are the place to go. That is the place to see a movie. And when I heard theaters were closing down and the theater business is in jeopardy because of streaming, I wanted to make a statement. Even mm -hmm. though I'm not... I'm not an influencer, you know. I honestly what I do doesn't matter. I wanted to show that my love is for sitting in a theater, eating popcorn, watching movies. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to make that as clear as day and I've held on to every ticket for this movie and I will proudly keep them and continue to tell that I stood in line, I sat in chairs and I saw this movie 10 times to support my theaters. Well, I will say this, Elijah, I commend your intestinal fortitude uh, <laughs> for doing that. And 
I gotta have, I, I'm trying to get that admission, or at least that's, I'm trying to actually read between the lines here. And I think it's not, I think it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility to say that since you've watched this movie, you'll be watching this movie 10 times in theaters. It's not as bad as what you say it is. And so all of this has just been for show. Oh, uh-huh. uh, that's my interpretation of it. And that's my story. And I'm going to stick to it. Uh, you're, it's not garbage, but it's not great either. It's it's middle of the row, but it's but it's ten but it's ten theater viewings uh, worth. So it has to be pretty awesome. So you say it's a three and you say it's a three out of five, but I think you really mean it's a four out of five. You're wrong. Um, you can find me on YouTube at et13 productions on Twitter at et13 productions and on Instagram at et13 productions where I will continue to say I dislike the movie no matter what Michael says. And that there, people, is false advertising <laughs> because Elijah clearly loves this movie more than he's willing to admit. He just wants to act all big and snobbish to impress his big snobbish friends like Ben Chaffins and all the others that are Toho elitists. Hey, Toho has done better movies than the legendary films, to be fair. That's that's subjective, though. That's sub- that's subjectively speaking. Whatever. <laughs> um, you can also find me on Twitter at ethomas1975 if you want to listen to my random thoughts in my head or send Michael, like, 12 uh, tweet thread messages on what I consider a good kaiju movie. I hope that was helpful. Yep. Also, one more thing that's super helpful. You can help control the giant monster population and have your Mecha Godzillas spayed or neutered. Oh, God. Uh, I don't. I, uh, <laughs> oh, God. Well, if, if anybody's still listening after that. Um, don't, don't forget to rate us on iTunes that boosts the ratings and helps us get recommended to more people just like you, um, recently. And this is all thanks to you and Travis, Michael, that I saw this recently. We did have some, uh, random one star reviews, um, with no context, um, I don't typically do this, but if you could review it, give us a five star, that'd be nice. Um, you know, I don't appreciate getting a review bomb, but, you know, to each their own. You guys keep doing what you want to do. I'm not going to dictate that, um, but it'd be a nice thing to see some five stars on there. Um, I agree. If you don't have an Apple device, which I don't blame you, I don't, and anybody that does, Android's better, trust me. Um, That's subjective, but okay. (laughs) um, You can tweet us and follow us on Twitter at K-A-I-J-U underscore C-O-N-B-E-R-S. If you don't have either of those, you can like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram and contact us that way. If you're like me before podcasting and you don't have any social media, 
props to you. That must be a wonderful thing. Um, you can email us at kaijuconversation at gmail.com. All lowercase, all one word. You know the drill. As always, we'll read your reviews on air. If you have something or if you just leave a one star and you don't really put anything after that, I can't read it. Sorry. Um, you're lost, I guess. Um, we also have merchandise on Teespring. Uh, eventually, we'll get some original artwork. That's to be determined. But if you want our awesome logo, um, definitely check that out. If you'd like to chat with me one-on-one -on -one or hear other people's opinions on different subjects, you can join our Discord server, which is actually where we're recording right now. Um, as we speak, there's been some conversations going on in the different chats. A lot of people sharing their love for kaiju, which is always awesome to join into. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit the bell so you can be notified anytime we upload. Um, we do do some short little clips here and there, um, just us, or mainly me, talking. Um, we do some bonus episodes, all that fun stuff. A huge thanks to our editor, Rex, for editing these episodes. Um, he'll probably be up all night doing this one. Um, but you know what? We appreciate him for it. So thank you, Rex. His stuff can be found in the links down below. And everybody, <clears throat> actually, before we leave, uh, thank you, Michael, so much for joining us. I appreciate it a lot. It's been a great, great chat. And I have enjoyed the last almost three hours with you um, more than Nathan. You're, you're a lot better than Nathan. Thank you. I always knew that I was better than Nathan, too. <laughs> well, thanks, guys, so much for watching. And remember, life's too short to not talk big. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.